BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Jordan Grace and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio uh, This is Kenny Omega, we're listening to One Nation Radio Check it out guys, these guys know what's up Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me Goodbye and good night, bang Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this Fucked up Running back I fucked up. You know what? No, we're gonna no, we're not we're not editing it. We're not editing it. Welcome to this special midweek edition of One Nation Radio, the 2021 One Nation Radio Awards edition of the show. I'm James Boyd here with me here with me. I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. If you guys are um anxious to hear us talk about Cody, that is coming Monday. So do not miss it. Get in the Twitch chat uh that Monday, and we're gonna do the full, complete, full court press on this thing that Quite frankly, we've been right about for the last seven months. Oh man, I, I don't, I don't recall us ever, ever doing like advertising and building up segments for like preview for next, uh, next week's show. Look I don't recall, us. I don't recall ever doing that before. But wow, wow, Adver- advertising wow. like Tony Khan. Wow, wow, what be there? Give you something to look forward to next week. <laughs> yes, you know, hustle game yeah. will be there. Oh man, it's it's gonna be a lot. That's a uh, before we turned on um, the recording uh, in the stream, I, I wondered whether that was going to be a twenty minute thing. And Rich was like, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "You're going to take off on this." He was like, "Oh yeah," like, <laughs> like the Kool Aid Man. He went from "Oh yeah" to "Oh yeah." So uh, it's going to be something to, to to look into. And you know, I don't think right now is the appropriate time to just jump into it because there's still stuff out on it, and we don't know, you know, when and where he's going to show up. We all think he's going to be in WWE, but. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Because um, none signed yet. 
Um, none signed True. yet. And, you know, this, this has a lot of, uh, this, this sounds a lot like Bret Hart in 96. Like, he doesn't really want to go, but. Yeah, yeah. You so. know, he's been slighted. He wants more money. Tony Khan don't really want to give it to him. So, Looking like, real life. Yeah. A lot, a lot, yeah, lot of surrounding yeah. factors. So, a lot, so, you know. If, if he tucked his tail and came at AEW, that'd be fucking hilarious. But anyway, that would like, be hilarious. They done, like they didn't insult you, they didn't slap you in the face, quote unquote, and then you just humbled yourself because you knew, you know. Um, yeah. So uh, let's get into it. The 2021 yeah, One Nation Radio Awards. What a um, year! What a year by two promotions. What <laughs> <laughs> the bullshit? Like. What a year about two promotions. James, so last year on the show, I said that stardom was above New Japan. Yeah. Um, That's what you said. You voted them number two in uh, in the uh, Observer Awards for uh, for 2020. Um, and then this year, like, that 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 came well into fruition. Um, these were the two best promotions in the world uh, by, by a major promotions in the world by or midsize uh, or, or above. Uh, promotion in the world by a comfortable margin. Like these are the only two promotions where, if you're <clears throat> putting your money to uh, for pay per view, you want to get a quality show every single time. Were they were uh, were all of them the best shows in the world? No, but they were all had stuff on them that were worth your time. And then they had the best collection of shows. Like if you say, you know, between. Stardom's Budokan Hall show, between their Osaka Joe Hall show, between their Sumo Hall show, between the uh, the first nights one and two in the in the final of the Grand Prix, um, and then you throw in AEW with All Out in uh, full gear. They they had incredible shows, uh, you know, and you also throwing Grand Slam uh, week of yeah. AEW. They just killer big shows, killer big shows. Um, tons of great uh, matches and, and memories and moments, and um, they 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 pretty they more or less turned this to a two promotion show um, this year at points uh, where it was like we're covering those two promotions heavy, and then every, everything else is ancillary. And that's not to say that there wasn't great wrestling around the world because there's tons of it. Um, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, uh, but at the same time. It was few and far between, and with New Japan being so watered down with their touring schedule and making shows that uh, would would in previous generate or previous years be streamlined into one card and to spread them out uh, into double duty and and other things, and it, it just wasn't the same. Um, and it also hurt with the lack of you know uh, the Gaijin fallouts Gaijin, with their Gaijins. Uh, it was a, it was a struggle, and plus you, uh, Black and Gold NXT gets packed up. Um, this, this, and WWE's main roster is the shit. So that's what this, yeah. this, what this show came into. Like we, we, we basically had to, uh, we basically had to embrace all elite wrestling and world, world wondering stardom. And they, they took us in, uh, they gave us a nice home for a year. I appreciate that. So like that will be, I'm pretty sure it'll be reflected in the voting. Yeah. Um, so we might as well get right to the big one. Uh, this one right here is the Shawn Michaels in-ring performer of the year. So this is best in-ring performer, star ratings, match-to-match, overall performance, however you want to evaluate it, tags, singles, 
everything on the list here. So uh, we're going to go through the top three finishers and then talk about uh, anyone else. And I'll go through the nominations as well. So um, uh, the people that were nominated were Brian Danielson, Ray Phoenix, Utami Hayashista, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Shuri, Shingo Takagi, and the Young Bucks. So on that list, that's a lot of talent right there. So finishing in third place, with 60 points, the Dragon, Shingo Takagi. Wow. Fin- finishing in second place with 109 points, only two points behind the first place winner. This was a razor-thin margin that um, I had to double-check and count to make sure you know everything was right. I wasn't transposing anything. So finishing second is Kenny Omega, last year's winner. And number one with 111 points, Brian Danielson. Wow. That was such a crazy closing stretch, man. That was such yep. a crazy closing stretch for him. Like, even the matches that I didn't love as much as other people. Like, I thought, I, I think I gave King, the Kingston match four and a half. A lot of people had a three, uh, four and three quarters, right? Like, mm-hmm. people liked the Nick Jackson match more than I did. But, like, to have that, to have the Dustin match, to have that whole run through, uh, like, Silver and, um, and, Uno and like all the rest of Dark Order to get to Danielson, um, to get to you know the Omega match plus what he did at you know at WrestleMania his retirement his last match I don't say retirement his last match with um Roman he had a great year and I thought that like you know for um I thought he was going to catch uh potentially he's going to catch Omega for Flair Thez uh but we'll see but you know the Suzuki match also I forgot about that like that's one of my ten favorite matches of the year. Uh, of last year, so he, he had a great year, and um, I just didn't think he was gonna catch Omega. I just didn't, but he did. That, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um. So my two favorite guys, like, like pretty much of all time here, one and two. That's that's pretty awesome. Um. Both of those guys had like great years. Brian, of course, he did that with taking the summer off. Uh. Took a little vacation, relaxed, and all that. Um. I wasn't as into his WWE stuff. I was. I voted for Kenny uh, number one. I voted for Shuri uh, number two, and I voted for Danielson number three uh, on on my ballot. So, um, yeah. on, on my ballot, I had. Let's see. On my ballot, I had uh, Shingle number one, Shuri number two, and Kenny number three. Um, but you know, like if I had a fourth, it would have been uh, Danielson. But you know, like you mentioned, he took that time off. He, I mean, in a lot of people, they just felt like that, you know, perfect time, the closing stretch. He hot a lot of people down um, yeah. uh, in the last third of the year. So um, I'm not necessarily like I'm surprised. Uh, but when you think about it, if it's a, it's a race, he had the best closing stretch of anyone in the world. He really did. Yeah, um, I, I really value Kenny's uh, year from a versatility standpoint, big matches, um, tag matches, trios matches, and uh, every big match, essentially, like in America, you could probably like argue Kenny Omega was there from the Exploding Barbar death match, the um, uh, damn Arthur Ashe, Danielson was there as well. Yeah. Um, the title change, which, yeah. you know, like the two biggest uh, buy rates, like he was in the main event for those and awesome matches. And it was, uh, you know, uh, it was another stellar year for him uh, while while broke up and injured. And yep. uh, Shingo was, you know, incredible in his own world. I think it's everyone's so down in New Japan, they're not going to get the votes. Yeah, but yeah, like so many people have basically like uh, parachuted out of there. 
um, as far yeah. as watching uh, week to week. So yeah, I could see I could see why you know um, it didn't happen for him. Uh, but I do think he did have the best year. It's just you know it's a tree falling in the woods and no one around. Yeah. Um, as far as Stardomers, uh, Utami finished one point in front of Shuri. Um, and Will Ospreay, people really hate this guy. He only finished with two second place votes. Um, besides <laughs> that, that, man was, that man's rocking a zero two zero on the point scale. Or excuse me, he, he got one second place vote. Sorry about that. Um, like he Bucks, arguably had the best match of the year. The, the Bucks finished number four. Um, you know they're they're always going to be here. So, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, so uh, that'll wrap it up. Congratulations to Brian Danielson. Up next, the WWE Women's Wrestler of the Year. So we have six nominees here, and it was a struggle to get to six. Uh, I remember when we were putting this thing together. So um, you know, so our nominees: Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair. Raquel Gonzalez, Becky Lynch, and Rhea Ripley. So, in third place, Becky Lynch. (laughs) In second place, the boss, Sasha Banks. And number one, with 147 points, 108 first place points. So, like, just overwhelming, uh, you know, point, you know, kind of differential there. Um, she ended up winning by 36 points, uh, was Bianca Belair. So, um, looks like kayfabe accomplishments got a lot of, uh, you know, weight right there. I think they, uh, you know, Sasha only being active, you know, Sasha is eerily similar to Kyrie Irving, you know, showing up, you know, at only certain times, you know, and and also, you know, wary of where, you know, you know, where science. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but anyway, like all it takes is you know, like all you need is one mic. All you yes. need is one match. <laughs> all you need is one match, yo. So, in in the words of Bill Simmons talking about particular MVP years, um, and and them having different weight uh, depending yeah. on the field and depending on uh, the the field of competition and depending on the uh, the level of achievement, um. You know, for year to year, like compare comparatively speaking to previous uh, editions of the WWE Women uh, Woman of the Year, this is one of the lighter weight trophies we've ever had um, yeah, since, we, since we've been doling out since we've been doling out annual awards. Like Sa- Sasha and Io had to dog fight it out last year. They had way better years than, than Bianca did this year. Yeah, it was. Um... You know, I, I guess, you know, I don't know if this was just the the best of like, you know, the worst, essentially. But like, I think Becky Lynch was not good at really all, um, you know, and Sasha she, she's forcing herself to be a heel when everyone wants to cheer her. Sasha, like I said, too much like in and out of the company um, did make an impact when she was there all the time. Charlotte. This wasn't a particularly great Charlotte year, I thought. Was. And I voted her third over Becky. Man, uh, Rhea Ripley struggled uh, to really translate, I think, on the main roster. Um, and, you know, Raquel was just there. Like, Raquel, she was just. Raquel just had a strong start to the year, the first third of the year. And then, because of things outside of her control, 2.0 dropping, it, it, it fell off a cliff. 
Like, if you had told me when Rhea and Raquel on uh, New Year's Evil had like, had like a damn near four and a half star last woman standing match to send uh, Rhea out the, out the territory, that like by the end we would have to just basically shoehorn her in to be the sixth person to make a six, I would have been like, that's crazy. Look how well she's doing. And then. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Becky was like uh, Bruce. Becky was like really a hot thing like three years ago, four years ago at this point and, or three years ago, really. And now it's like I, I it feels like it's even beyond the forcing yourself to be a heel thing. It's just like the magic is gone. Like, I think. And it's well, because like, she's not doing what made her hot. Yeah. Like on purpose for some because like she's having fun, which is like great. So the song called Steve Austin 2002. Yeah, um, I would probably say as far as Bianca goes, you know, we've talked about her year and, you know, she won the Royal Rumble, won at WrestleMania, embarrassed at SummerSlam, uh, won at Survivor Series while not really beating, you know, anyone important. And between then, she was booked like a yo-yo up and down, not going through long stretches of not winning. Yeah. But uh, I guess it was enough. <laughs> Here. I mean, given the level of the competition, she absolutely deserves one. I voted first, so like, yeah, same, yeah. yeah. Um, so congratulations to Bianca and your five pound trophy. Yep, WWE Wrestler of the Year time. So this will be fun. <laughs> this this is a ten pound trophy. Oh, <laughs> uh, we might have to move these awards back. You know, man, like <laughs> put these man. like you know. this is. This is not like 2017 AJ, St- AJ Styles winning this shit or, or 2018 Johnny Gargano winning this shit or Becky Lynch or whoever won at that time. This is not... It, 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 we have it, we have backslid. We have really backslid. So, our nominees. Big E, Bianca Belair, Daniel Bryan, Tommaso Ciampa, Edge, Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, and Seth... Freaking Rollins. We didn't write freaking on there, did we? I, I didn't, know. Okay, I was to say. Um, I wouldn't have allowed that. Like, I thought <laughs> I've looked at this before. All right, so let's take a look at our finishers. So, in third place, with 55 points, Bianca Belair. Ooh, I think someone's not by the place. That, that was told us an all-time break just so we could go, just like uh, an hour ago. Uh, yeah, I uh, think someone number, just didn't place. Yep, number two, uh, Daniel Bryan with yep, eighty. Someone points. definitely did not displace. Someone definitely does not displace. And number one, the big dog with one hundred seven points, seventy five first place points. Roman Reigns. Um, that person that you're referring uh to finished seventh of eight. Seventh of eight in this yes. particular class. We're, on this land, in, on in this the, on this land, in the landscape where there's a two point zero instead of a black and gold, huh? Correct, correct. Okay. <clears throat> Congratulations to Roman Reigns, um, one of the all time greatest wrestlers of all time. Finished seventh <clears throat> in, a, in a in a in a I don't know in a <laughs> pillow fight. The fuck. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah so no, don't know like people people cannot um tell me Seth Rollins is all-time great. Like, leave it alone. Like, don't do this. Like, no. Uh, he fell off the ballot the first year in observer voting, like, of the Hall of Fame. Like, stop. Um, and, and, and look, and for people that think that, that are listening to this and think that, like, I'm some anti-Seth person, one, I have I have owned a Seth Rollins shirt before, and, and two, for 
Seth finished seventh on this. I voted him third. Um. So am, so am I am I am I you know am I behind the consensus or with the consensus? I'm voting him third when he finished seventh in reality. I'm one of his. I'm one of this. One of the people still fighting for him. Where the fuck did everybody else go? I, I think he likes he. I think James had to like sell me on putting Seth Rollins on on this list oh here. But um, yeah, as far as Roman Reigns, a uh, very dominant year, um, all time protection in every sense of the word, beating everybody like a drum. Um, it would have been impossible for him to not win this. Can we get a can we get a, a ranking breakdown of how this of how this all went, please? Okay, you you want it from Let, let's yeah like uh eight through one. Okay, uh, that's gonna take me a second. So all right, uh, number eight is Edge. Number seven, <laughs> yeah, Seth Rollins and Edge supposedly having this all time great feud finished number seven and eight in this thing. <laughs> Man, well the, to the be joke fair, right themselves. how many people listen that listen to this show would also check out the Saudi Arabia shows to find out? I don't think Yikes. there'd be many. Yikes. Um. Number seven, Seth Rollins. Number six, Tommaso Ciampa. Number five, Big E. Number four, Bobby Lashley. Number three, Bianca. Number two, Brian, who only was there. Four months. Yeah. And then Roman Reigns on top, the big dog on top. Wow. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, so... I guess time to move on. Yep. Uh, up next, the New Japan Wrestler of the Year. We haven't covered New Japan as often this show, and I considered the award, you know, but I left it. So um, our nominees, Jeff Cobb, Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii, Kazushka Okada, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Shingo Takagi. So, Finishing in third, the Commonwealth Kingpin, Will Ospreay. Second place, the Rainmaker, Kazushka Okada. And number one, walking to to number one, uh, Shingo Takagi with 114 first place points, 134 overall. Okay, Okada had so, 75. So given that the voting was <laughs> open during Russell Kingdom in very much same fashion that Ishii, or sorry, uh, Ibushi backdoored his way to winning New Japan Wrestler of the Year for 2020 on our awards because of uh, what he did on January 4th and, and 5th, it seems like. I gotta say, Okada finishing second in this and o- over Ibushi not placing sounds fishy to me, even if he did win the G1. Because Ibushi had a better year than Okada did. I think Ibushi suffered from... Lots of bad news surrounding him. Like yeah. his title reign was tragic. Like as far as like you know all the stuff with the belt yeah, and yeah. it just wasn't. And then he got hurt at the end. And um, and then he humbled, was, then he had like aspirational pneumonia. Yeah, and then Okada like you know in 2021 he still had you know a certain amount of great big matches and everything like that. But Shingo is like. You know, yeah. We if you want somebody like 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 the city is is burning in flames around you, but he's standing. <laughs> Nothing was taking him down. Um, so hopefully he gets another shot uh, one yeah. day when you know fans are back and everything like that. So yeah. But Shingo the Dragon, 
is your New Japan Wrestler of the Year. Alrighty, so this is a fun award. Uh, next is the Newcomer of the Year Award. So uh, this was a dogfight at the very top here. Hmm. Um, and it was like, you know, razor thin margin. Pretty Actually, it matches the same margin as Kenny and uh, Brian in the first award. Wow. So our nominees, Braun Breaker, Jade Cargill, Carmelo Hayes, Hook, Dante Martin and Natsupoy. So finishing in third with 57 points, Braun Breaker. Finishing in second with 101 points, Dante Martin. And with 103 points, 63 first points, Hook. So <clears throat> this is, uh, you know, this is a. A really cool award, I think, because it's a it's a rookie of the year kind of thing. It's uh, first year in the big promotion, not necessarily for rookies um, yeah. around, but uh, I think Hook has you know he has this charisma. He's got the cool factor on a zillion. He's he turned being a meme into being you know somewhat of a low level star, um, and he just, he it seems like he has a, a lot going for him to potentially become a really big star. Um, Dante Martin, I think, was just excellent, you know, in the ring, just athletically is just jumps off the literally jumps out the arena. Um, and Braun Breaker's been kind of a revelation for, you know, there's a lot of trash in NXT 2.0, but he's not part of that, like at all. Like, and, you know, they may have found, you know, like I see a lot of people talking about him like he's he's the new Cena. So um We'll see how it works out with him. You know, Vince hates Steiners. I don't know how tall this this uh, young man is, uh, but I don't think he's any bigger than six feet. So we'll see how, how it works out. He might yeah, be we'll, we'll, we'll see how it works out for him. Uh, people that don't like WWE, don't watch NXT, they like Braun Breaker. Pretty much everyone I've talked to universally. So, yep, um, that's true. So uh, besides that, uh, James, what you, you think about this thing? Um, went about as expected. I thought that, um, I thought that Dante Martin had did enough bell to bell to overcome the hook, uh, memory, but didn't happen. Yeah. I voted first for Dante Martin. Then I voted for Braun Breaker. Then I voted for Natsapoy. I, um, let's see how I voted. Obviously I voted for Natsapoy. Natsapoy has like more has more great matches than any of them have good matches together or very good matches together. Uh, but I, yeah, I went Natsboy. Yeah, I went Natsboy, Dante Martin, and Carmelo Hayes. Like I, I treated it uh, like a because I don't really I haven't watched my much Braun Breaker, so like and I'll be swayed by that. And the same for Hook. Like Hook is just doing like I think Hook is going to be good. Um, but I don't know. I don't. He's just a fun three minute thing right now. Um, so. Yeah, that's how I went with it, but yeah, I, I, I figured that Hook was going to finish at least no worse than <coughs> second in this thing, but um, yeah. Yeah, man, so congratulations to Hook. Oh, but you, I remember you mentioned like the Braun Breaker thing and how like bad that, <laughs> and how bad the NXT 2.0 is, and, and then like it made me think of something that you told me uh, the other day in regards to um, NXT 2.0, like it, 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 like the show is so bad that like when they have any like really good match, like people people will come and tell me that I'm sleeping on it. And then like you, you gave, you basically told me that like people are acting like this when they're on the 2.0. Yeah. 
Bro, move out the way. Stop right now. I have this 3.75 star master watch. Yo, I, I got to tell you, Rich. I wasn't expecting that when you sent me that. But, bro, I was fucking in shambles all yesterday when I heard that shit. Like, like, because I'm imagining as you saying it, like, you pushing motherfuckers out of the way. Bro, like, nah, nigga, move. I need to see this three three star. <laughs> like, this three and three seven star match. Like, move out the way. Like, move, bitch. Get out the way. Like, all of that. Move, bitch. Get out the way, ho. Yes. Fuck that shit. Yes. Get out the way, ho. Yes. Like, I was howling, bro. I was in shambles. Like, I want to add that to the show open. Like, next time we do a new sh- a new show open, like, I It'll want that there. in there. Like, this would be thrown in there at random. Yes. Like, what, what, what is the context? It doesn't matter. It just sounds funny and aggressive. Yes. Um, what's up to Black Saber Jr. in the comments? First time uh, chatter. Um, see him on Twitter quite often. So yeah. um, up next, uh, we have the Dusty Rhodes Promo Cutter of the Year Award. So uh, interesting category here, uh, as always. <clears throat> so our nominees, Big E, Don Callis, CM Punk, Adam Cole, a pathetic finish for Adam Cole, quite frankly. Um, MJF, Eddie Kingston, Dan Lambert, and Miro. So, finishing in third with 73 points, MJF. I think I know who's going to finish first and second. Yep. Um, finishing with 99 points, 45 first place points, CM Punk. And number one, two years in a row. With 126 points, 87 first place points, the god, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Um, I voted Eddie second, like in it's funny, like people like Eddie King so much they can't even keep their like the story of why they voted people like consistent. Like the case for Eddie Kingston last year would have been that he had better promos that peaked higher, even though he came into the company halfway into the year or 40% into the year, right? Compared to Moxley, who, like, hitting niggas over the head every two weeks with a with a, a, a great promo. Then this year comes along. I can't remember anything Kingston did the first half of the year. Kingston's best stuff is with uh with Punk. Punk has the... Comes in and has, like... And literally has, like, maybe the best stretch of promos I think I've ever seen from anybody in, like... Or since he's came back in, like, a six-month span or whatever else, like... Between what he's doing with MJF, what he did with Kingston, what he did uh, basically uh, coming with the comeback promo, uh, the promo he just cut last night, the promo that he also cut, obviously that's, that's, that's I'm talking about that's, uh, that doesn't really, that doesn't count in regards to this, but like, he had so many great promos, whether it was his return, the Kingston stuff, the MJF stuff, uh, when Moxley left for rehab, like, I, and I'm just like, alright, if you say so, but like, just know... The people that voted for Kingston last year would should be voting for uh, Punk this year, but apparently not because they're so in love with Eddie Kingston. So congratulations! Uh, I don't know what to tell you. He's a great promo. I voted him back to back number second place, but like the prior, the criteria seems to me to be changing uh, in regards to how much y'all like him. Yeah, I voted for Eddie Kingston number one. Um, I can definitely talk about when he pretty much uh save the exploding barbed wire uh death match thing and he cut the promo on that and basically flip all that shit up um of course his work with cm punk this year he, like when eddie kingston talks people listen like the room feels Apparently different so and like he's fight me yeah fight me yo, fight me 
is, is different when, when he's right here. The stuff he was doing with Miro uh, was awesome. Uh, Redeem these nuts. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Uh, got a shirt instantly off that shit. Um, you know, so I, he just makes the room feel different, man. Like, and like, I, I can't, I can't get mad at this. So, uh, but CM Punk was awesome as well. Um, that, that comeback promo he did in the United Center, uh, the one when Mox that he did in uh, Jacksonville, the first time he showed up to um, Daly's uh, was great. Uh, what he did this past week was great. What he did, uh, I think some of his babyface stuff has been at a higher level than it almost ever was, like <laughs> in a way, like it. And he's doing it kind of from a pure kind of kind of perspective like it's not like he's this dick baby face or whatever it's like he's this fighting man like that's like that's back in love with you know the thing that his real calling let let me get this right long let me get this right long island this is your guy this is your guy he's been fucking all he he was awesome this year man or last year he was awesome he was awesome And, and MJF, uh you know another year for for the young building highlight reel um any style like you you want some cheap you want someone to go out there and just just turn the arena into like a molten like mid. you know just, just yeah the whole mid thing <laughs> uh the, his massive uh or his mastery of like cheap heat was he, amazing he gave cincinnati the blues like that whole run after he lost um to jericho the, to, yeah to jericho it getting to grand slam like he he was just he was just killing the home team <laughs> he was killing them stadiums so yeah like I, th- I mean, I can't remember 2019, but, like, last year, like, he placed two. So, like, you know, him and Kingston are the constants. Um, obviously, you know, Moxie would have made it a, a, a tough place to cover or a tough place to, uh, to to land in the top three. But, um, you know, he had to go away. But, yeah, like, it, it's tough to, to crack top three like an AEW um, yeah. these days <clears throat> for promos. Yeah, Adam Cole had zero zero and one single third place vote. Um, so uh, people not watching that NXT stuff. Um, <clears throat> Miro did uh, decent. He got to fourth with his kind of okay. gimmicky God promos. I wasn't really into those, but you know people liked them. Um, thought Callus kind of got undervalued a little bit, but you know that's cool. Lambert only had 19 points as well. Where does so that? People, where would that place him? So it, it looks like he is fifth. Dan Lambert was fifth. Okay. So and then Callis was six. So Biggie would be seven. Adam Cole would be number eight. So uh, congratulations to Eddie Kingston, top of the mountain uh, by a lot, uh, by about twenty six points. Um, up next, AEW Wrestler of the Year. So yeah, man, this has been uh, a great category over the years. In two thousand nineteen, I remember Cody won it. I thought it should have been Jericho, but that's okay. Um, they <laughs> uh, 2020, of course, was John Moxley uh, got a win on it, and this year, our nominees: uh, number one, Darby Allen, the Young Bucks, Brian Danielson, MJF, Eddie Kingston, the Lucha Bros, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page. So, with 40 points in third place. The Cowboy, Hangman Page. In second place with 89 points, Brian Danielson. What? And with 154 points, 126 first place uh, points, 
sheer dominance, the best bout machine, Kenny Omega. So happy for uh, for for Kenny to get this one. Um, I think he was the. I think he's going to win Flair Thez. Like he's yeah. just business went up on his watch. Great matches. I indeed hear the battle cry, um, <laughs> and it was it was electric to see him in all those environments. Um, especially like uh, I attended Double or Nothing. Remember his entrance was like you know he came out with all the belts. It was like iconic. Um, of course, you know, like him and Danielson, you know, in uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium, I'll never forget that. Like the bell rings, they just stand those two corners, the crowd just fucking loses it. Like it's like the Rock also, or the Rock Hogan of our era to me. <laughs> like, um, I, I think Kenny was like, you know, he did all this working through, you know, injury, of course, uh, creating a new star on, on the back of, off of him uh, at a higher level. Like, you know, there are, we're going to talk about the Cody uh, episode, you know, when we get to it on Monday, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, who's making stars and who's not, and who's really like making stars and who's not. Uh, but Kenny's really making stars and that'll be a preview. Um, you know, when you look at Hangman, how much work was put into him um, while maintaining your own credibility, while fucking with the jungle boy out there, while doing a bunch of trios matches and like going to other companies and, you know, giving them their best ratings and buy rates, like, this nigga was on another level, man. Like, like it's not my like like. I don't think 2018 will ever be top just because like you know I think physically he's wrestling better wrestlers. Was, yeah, and, and like it was just I think that's the best year. Like you know, you know it's one of the best years ever. Like mm-hmm. I think that's the best year he's had for sure. But this was in a different way where it was almost like oh we got the American validation now. Like he can do it here. Oh <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh... This is probably this is my second favorite Kenny Omega year. Um, I've been watching him ever since 2017. This is my second favorite Kenny Omega year, uh, which is saying something. 2017 was fucking outrageous too. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, the reason why I like blew up as you were going through the ratings. How the fuck did uh, did Hangman place over the Young Bucks? What? Um, I think I think winning the title. Um, but. He did nothing for half a year, Rich. I know. I know. He did nothing for half a year. I didn't vote for him. I voted second for the Bucks. Same um, here. I voted Dings in third. I, same. We had the same ballot. Um, a little quick on the Bucks. Uh, you Can you find a better tag team title reign than what they just did? I don't know. Like, you definitely, like, the way they won it and lost it and then operated in between face and heel, both sides, TV, uh, however you want to do it, completely changing their, um, ditching their longtime persona with the, with the, um, uh, tassels and everything, flipping up their look. And, you know, you know, I was told these guys, you know, were, you couldn't, like, these guys are A level stars. Like, the Bucks were incredible this year. And then, like, I don't know. I don't know how they how they did in place. I don't know. But if I were to say, what were the ten best matches between Kenny O? I'm sorry, uh, between uh, Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks. Adam Page has what three gets three of them in there last from last year. Maybe yeah, I had to look at it. The Danielson match, the Omega match, and uh, the let's say the Brian Cage match. Right. I feel like the Bucks have like the other just seven as many. would be the Young Bucks. Yeah, and the yeah. best match would be the Cage match. 
Yep, and that's before you talk about um, you know, what they did at Double or Nothing with Moxley and Kingston. For, One the, of fourth, the, the fourth match, the, yeah, it's it's. I don't I don't know, man. I, that's weird to me. That's weird to me. Like maybe maybe it's the thing where like, well, you know, they're a tag team, so fuck them. I, I, maybe that's what it is. Like, you can't. How you gonna be the rest of the year when y'all are two wrestlers? I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. But man, like. I, I, I thought Nick, ja- I thought Nick Jackson as a tag team in a single was so spectacular this year that like I'm sorry I'm sorry like you like you to be honest like I I probably would have put I probably would have voted Hangman fifth on this thing behind L- the Lucha Bros slash Ray Phoenix too like I nah man I I I don't know I don't know man y'all really y'all really love that story y'all really do but like y'all love that story so much that like y'all ain't helping that dude draw like that. Just to validate that he's that he's that kind of over, but whatever, man. We're proud to y'all. That's that's shit's wild. <laughs> shit's wild to me. Um, yeah. So like you know, once again, you know, uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks dominating, or Young Bucks didn't win, but you know, when you when they, we they hold got the, the guy up, over, they got the they got the guy they got a guy placed. Correct. Um, Danielson oh, man. comes in and gets number two in four um, months. Four months, like I, I think the the deal with him was like he was, he was so much more active in those four months than you know someone like a MJF was the whole year. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Eddie Kingston didn't wrestle that many matches. You know, Phoenix is you know getting hurt left and right, so Lucha Bros weren't active as that much. Um, Darby maybe you know has had wrestled that much. You know, he had a TNT uh, run earlier in the year. But in those four months, they packed him on Dynamite and Rampage, just back to back to back to back to back to back to back. So he uh, went out there and got forty back to back to back to back to back. Like, like don't don't like I, I know what you mean, but yeah, like he, you know, he, just how he finished uh, number one um, for uh, for wrestler of the year or most outstanding wrestler, whatever you want to call it. Um, same same thing applies with you know that four months he spent in AEW is what got him here. Um, yep. So yeah, I I get why he finished. I get why he plays, but I I am really surprised by the young bucks thing. Just really surprised. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, congratulations to Kenny Omega. Um, so up next we got the AW Women's Wrestler of the Year. So our nominees: the Doctor Britt Baker, number two Jay Cargill, Ty Conti, Serena Deeb, Thunder Rosa, and Hikaru Shida. So. In third place with 61 points, Serena Deeb. In second place with 84 points, Thunder Rosa. And number one with 115 points, 90 first place points, Britt Baker. Um I think that I think that we uh I think that's uh, that sounds about right. Like Britt's gonna be a number one, and then everything else is a battle for who else is gonna place. So it really didn't matter. But um, I think that I think people you know what slept I, on you know what Cheetah's I messed year. up. You know oh. what I messed I messed up. Okay. Third place, not Serena Deep. Third place, Hikaru Shida. Okay, makes with more 71 sense. Seventy-one points. Sorry makes about more sense that. Now. Okay, okay. Makes I had more the wrong sense thing now. highlighted. Okay. Um, makes more sense to me. Uh, yeah. So I think I voted deep third. Uh, and that's only because like, uh, Thunder Rosa, while everyone loves her and she had the best woman's match in the company's history. Um, she also missed, she also wasn't around that much. 
uh, compared to Deeb uh, in in um, even Sheeta in in especially Brit. So uh, I mean, I feel like those are the top three. Um, but yeah, like I I end up going with Deeb third and in um, Hikaru second and Brit. I was forced to have to vote her first. So um, yeah, it sounds right. Like how 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 big of how many first place how many what percentage of the, or how many of the first place votes did uh, Brit win? She got ninety points on first place. Nobody else got more than thirty three. So okay, um, I went Sheeta Rosa Britt. Britt, of course, wins the title. Um, you know, match with Thunder Rosa. Uh, won a bunch of like you know most improved wrestler awards, PWI awards, and stuff like that. Uh, great might work first half of the year. Uh, they kind of formed a unit around her. She was on every pay per view, I believe. Um, or excuse me, uh, she was on. Every preview after she won the title, of course. Uh, the last three had the big match in the beginning. Um, yeah, it was hers. It was the year she really became like a, a star. Um, and, you know, it was coming. It was always coming. And- yeah, this year was the follow-through <laughs> of what did she started um, with promos last year. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to the doctor. I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive uh, this coming year. Oh, yeah. Um, like Thunder Rose is going <laughs> to run away with that shit next year or this year. Especially with like the new influx of talent that's probably on the way in, they're probably all gonna you know be laying laying down for thunder. So, um, uh, congratulations to the doc. Up Good next, matches in the pay per view. Up next, um, Stardom Wrestler of the Year. So the the B Priestley Legacy Award. Oh, this um, man. That's why you smiled before you said it. You're like, how <laughs> God, I get this shit in. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, so we've got um, our nominees, Utami Hayashista, uh, Mayu Iwatani, Julia, Saya Kamatani, Starlight Kid, Micah, Tam, Nakano, and Shuri. So when I was counting this thing, I was like, man, which way is this going to go? This is a, Who's going to finish you know, first between uh, Utami and Shuri? Two. Yes, yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is a top two uh, you know, thing. So we'll get to third place with 24 points, Mayu Iwatani. Wow, that's nonsense. Can go ahead. Um, in second place, 48 first place points, 95 overall, Shuri. And number one, Big U so, with 103 points. So how close, was Shuri and, how close was it between those two? Uh, sure, uh, Tommy finished eight points in front of Shuri. Ah, okay. I was going to say. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, it was going to be close between whoever did it. Um. Yeah, uh, Utami got the. For? Sorry. Oh, go ahead, Utami. Thoughts on Utami? Uh, yeah. I mean, anyone could have won it between her and Shuri. Um, they like I think Shuri. I, I think, oh, Utami got the edge by being in the main events of all the all those main events uh, of pay per views. Like she main evented every pay per view except for uh the big <laughs> the biggest one, Budokan Hall. But um, yeah, like she she was great all throughout the year. Constantly racking up, you know, four and a quarter, four and a half here, uh, you know, uh, challenging for four and three quarters there. And then, you know, she had the the two matches with Shuri that were, you know, um, you know, match it, you know, match it a year um, contenders, legitimate match of year contenders. So, yeah, like she uh, she was great. Um, I ended up going with Shuri second or actually first. Because, um, you know, her best matches, Utami's best matches were with Shuri. But, like, you look at. What Shuri did in the um the grand the last night of Grand Prix, just going back to you know, 
like four and three quarter star match. Give me 25 minutes. I got one even better than me uh, in the final uh, to go. Uh, that kind of stuff was just so impressive. And um, I, I thought that she was fantastic. And um, I, I just thought at a certain point, like she was just the, at a certain point, like she was just the best wrestler of the summer. She just was. So um, I ended up going with her first. Uh, and my third was Tam because Tam was the third best wrestler in the company. I don't know what the Mayu thing is. Like Mayu had for, she, she got cycled down. Um, I think her best, I think her, I think she basically had like, uh, four great matches or not great, but four like super matches all year. It spread out around her doing, you know, the stuff with Starlight Kid. And I think that was, I think that stuff was fun, but for the most part it was like, oh, I, I, kind of dread having to watch like the NASCAR tour shit. So, um, she, you know, I think she, when she was able to do what she could do and, uh, she was able to be great, but it was few and far between and she was meant to facilitate stuff, uh, more than actually be the top star, even though she still is. Um, it, like this is very like a Tanahashi type of year, like maybe like two, three years ago. Um, when uh, Tommy Shuri and Tam, uh, I gave Tommy the edge because of the main events. Uh, mm-hmm. but, Sure, it could have easily been Shuri's award. I I don't think I was necessarily more impressed with Utami, but the fact that she was the champion doing it in the main events and the match quality not being that different, and also her being part of that legacy, uh, the legendary you know rivalry they had, I went ahead and went with Utami. Uh, next year, probably Shuri's <laughs> uh, award. So we'll see how it all plays out. But um, yeah, um, besides that. Uh, I guess I can give you some granular voting. So, uh, who finished last? Uh, Micah finished last. Only five points for Micah, huh. but the second, third, and fourth were all, or excuse me, uh, thir- three, four, and five were all within one point. So, Mayu was 24, Tam 23, and then Julia 22. So, Tam does finish in front of Julia here, uh, which is, you know, poetic there. Um, yeah, I, I, Julia. Um, Starlight Kid gets the second most first place uh, points. Really? Actually, she tied with Tam. Sorry. Wait, wait, wait. So Tam finished second for first place votes? No, she finished third. Tied for third. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Whatever. Uh, we're getting too great. Let's move on. Yep. So up next, we've got our Heart Austin Feud of the Year. So um, looking at it here. And here are our nominees. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Utami versus Shuri. Inner Circle versus The Pinnacle. Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi. Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. The Young Bucks versus Death Triangle. Number three, Utami versus Shuri. Surprise, I finished that high. Number two, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. It was short, but it was great. And number one, with 140 points, 105 first place. Shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Kenny Omega versus Adam Page. So, um, the story of the promotion culminating with the biggest, <laughs> you know, let's just say that. The story of the promotion culminating. Let's say that. Um and it was it was great by the time it was all said and done. And it was uh, it, it took people on the, you know, the twists and turns, uh, the thinking he's not going to win. He knew I remember 
people openly advocating for Hangman Page to go to fucking WWE. Like, I'm like, we, huh? There's a segment clip of us telling people not to jump off the bridge. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about victory laps? Yeah. Man, that was like... And that was a summer. That was easy, too. Yeah, it was. Like, like it wasn't... Like, it, it took no genius, nothing. But um, the Kenny, Kenny and Hangman were, were you know, the, like, their shit was started in, like, you know... 2019 like it match was built up for two years damn near so yeah um yeah that's that's just gonna win uh punk and kingston just i it was like a it was like a uh you know like i'm not a drug user or anything but i imagine like this is what like you know a couple of lines of cocaine feel like it's just you know takes you sky high real quick and then you come down real fast because it's over so um this was great, but with Tommy and Shuri, like I think this got lots of people into stardom. It was a match that broke through the uh, Joshi bubble, and uh, or a, a series that broke through the uh, Joshi bubble, uh, particularly that that first match. And I think that might be the highest like kind of placing feud, um, you know, from stardom uh, like that. Uh, Since before. we started while covering stardom in 2019, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, number four was Young Bucks versus Death Triangle. That was pretty cool to see, I, see them get that love on there. Yeah, I, I voted that over uh, the Kingston and <clears throat> CM Punk thing. Like, I, I, I need one. I need more than one match for a feud of the year contender. Like, I'll put it on there and respect it. But like, there were so many great combinations of Phoenix or Penta versus the Young Bucks this year that it's like uh, maybe people just like forgot. I don't know, but. Yeah, like that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I, I feel like this is I feel like listen to the show. I'm like, this is Young Bucks erasure. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, like, Look, I'm wearing the Young Bucks shirt, like, and Jim is like, this is ridiculous. Yes, I'm like, what's going on here, man? Like, this is wild. Like, y'all, y'all, no, nah, no. Nah. I think the bus gonna, the bus are gonna pick pick some up. You know, like, I, I, I can well, ta- pretty pretty much say that, but yeah, yeah, but, they should be picking up more. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like okay, like that Eddie Kingston and um that Eddie Kingston. And um, CM Punk match. That's CM Punk's best match. His returning. That match is awesome. Like four and a half stars. How many four and a half stars did did any did uh, the versions of the Young Bucks and uh, Phoenix and Penta have? Come on, man. Like Bro, four. Like four this least, year. Five. There, there's at least two five star matches in that. I uh, look, man. I, I you know what. I think it also had the benefit of it being so far at the end of the year, as opposed to most of the Young Buck stuff and, and Penta stuff and uh, Phoenix stuff happened like the first third of the year. Maybe that maybe that's also <laughs> takes into account, but it's also like, what was your fate? What was the best match of the year to y'all then? <laughs> you know, this is because it's uh, all right. I get so, it. Um, the promos are killer. The promos are absolutely killer. It's one match. Yeah, my, my, my ballot was Utami and Shuri, then Kenny and Hangman, then um, Bucks and Death Triangle. I thought, you know, just the work in Utami and Shuri was like I, multiple uh, matches. And I had it the was same just top, like. I had the same top three as you. I, I swapped out. I had uh, the Young Bucks, Lucha Bros above the Omega and Kenny because Omega and Kenny, again, one match this year. Um,. If you want to include that five, that five v five thing, I think you should sure. include that. Yeah, that five versus five. That shit was like that, that was, was a great, great fucking match. That was great. <laughs> that was, it was as good as like the fourth uh, iteration of Young Bucks versus uh, Lucha Bros this year. 
I'm sorry. Like, y'all don't like matches? <laughs> so, up next, uh, we've got one of our, uh, you know, traditional, you know, flagship awards, I would say, with the One Nation Radio Awards. Uh, the Savage Banks Best Dress Ring Gear Award. And this was the first time Sasha Banks was not nominated for this award. Uh, she, she, of course, uh, I, I put her name in the award uh, last year, but this year I think she took a step back and, and she, she wasn't, wasn't around. around. Yeah. yeah. So, like, um, maybe she'll be back next year or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I was not a fan of her WrestleMania gear. Um, you don't and, like her looking like she's a member of DX? Nope. Nope. I feel like my Sasha Banks should be wearing, like, you know, a purple or blue somewhere. Like, and it just, (laughs) it didn't, um, but let's get to it. So, um, we've got Bianca Belair, Jade Cargill, Brian Danielson, Utami, Miro, Ruby Soho, Shuri, and the young bucks. So number three, Jade Cargill with 56 points. Number two, with 67 points, 45 first place points, Bianca Belair. And number one, with 81 points, 48 first place points, the Young Bucks. So they finally showed the Young Bucks some love on Best Dressed Ring Gear Award here. Yay. Like like the best in-ring wrestling actor, one one of the four or five in the world. Like, yeah. They can hold on all the real awards. Give them a B award. All right. I see what y'all doing. I see what y'all doing. Y'all, playing, y'all trying y'all to playing, assuage. Y'all playing with Matt and Nick. Y'all trying to assuage y'all guilt. Y'all playing with Matt and Nick. God damn it. <laughs> so this is this is a year where like I was saying earlier, Matt and Nick, uh, you know, traded out their trademark stuff for and essentially created new like trademarks and everything like that. Uh, they pulled a pulled a lot of J's out. They did a lot of, um, you know, outfit basically the whole outfit with the jays like it was it was it was pretty impressive and and, you know looked pretty good yeah they did all this with fake jordans allegedly allegedly i don't know i don't don't care like i don't know i I always had a problem with that because like a how are y'all telling this like y'all x-ray zooming this shit like do y'all have laser vision like like what are we doing here so (laughs) y'all just sound like y'all hate that's, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like y'all broke. Are y'all broke? <laughs> so, um, yeah, man. Like, the, yeah, the, the Bucks, you know, I, I thought they were pretty cool. I'm partial to the tassel look and everything like that. But, uh, you know, this this got over in a new way. I do like this look more than the tassels. Um, Bianca Belair, I thought her WrestleMania gear was all time. Uh, her Summer Slayer gear was all time we didn't see her get to wear it for that long of course in her match but uh she's always showing up looking great yeah no I, other way, I, way I, to say it yeah um she plays for me so yeah like uh and jay cargill uh i always talk about there's somebody that's always looks like real professional real like like a star like the shiny gear um she took it to a new level even then like you know people in the past i've advocated for that for like cody or Britt baker like jade's on another level when she came on that white the lat at the end of the year it was like 
she's got a white version of this too what the fuck like in like you know her shit like is either the gold shit or she's got some purple shit she's got white shit uh she busts out the black shit uh at you know the beginning of this year or whatever so she's like probably gonna be on the same for years to come um i voted number one though for utami there was no better gear i think than her and she was just like you know with the ring jacket the xena warrior princess slash like you know battle warrior type mm-hmm. thing that shit was fly uh yeah. then i had the bucks then jade yeah i voted um i voted tommy third and i voted shuri one because just in, like i don't think anyone had more like a numerous gear that was like awesome like i thought that her stuff from, from the wonder woman gear to um the base like the the warrior soldier thing she was wearing in the grand prix to um her you know uh her russell kingdom gear to even um what she wore uh at at a sumo hall like i thought that like she had so many different looks for different occasions to the turquoise deal she was wearing as like the outpost match to get to um the june 12th uh match with Tommy. like they i thought that she was awesome so yeah I, that's what i went with uh but yeah i mean it could have went to anybody like everybody was fly that was dressing uh that made this list to be honest with you yep um, like, you know, from somebody like Danielson, who was kind of reinvigorated, like, what was he cared again? He started like dressing, like compare what he was wearing in WWE to what he was wearing in AEW. My God. Um, Miro, like, you know, tough kind of boxer shorts, look UFC fighter, something like that. Ruby Soho, uh, taking the gear to a new level when she, when she came to AEW. Like, as I think far the as, whole, like, I think the whole package of her with like her jackets made it, made, put it over the top for her. Yep. And, you know, jackets that she liked so much, sometimes in the match would start and she would still be wearing the jacket. Can't, can't that, take the jacket off. That's because you know? she got caught. Hey, and also not only couldn't get out the jacket, she tried to whip the jacket off her and nothing doing. That jacket was staying. <laughs> so uh, congratulations to uh, the Bucks. So up next, the put them in a coffin award. It is time to get out the shovels. It is time to say our, 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 our fathers, hail Mary, full of grace. It is time to put someone in the coffin wrestler who needs to completely uh, go away or start over. So our nominees, Nikki, a S H the fiend, Alexa bliss, the house of torture, the Miz, Dom Mysterio, Cody Rhodes, NXT 2.0 as a staff record label and crew, and Natsuko Tora taking her uh, annual spot on this list. Um, so, number three, The Fiend Alexa Bliss had goo coming out of her head at one point, sitting on a box-like structure. Whatever the fuck that is. Literally um, in the process of starting over. Currently. Yeah. Uh, oh, Cody Rhodes was nominated. Sorry, I, I forgot to oh. mention him. Yes, okay. Cody yeah. Rhodes was nominated. Definitely. Um, a terrible I'm, year until mid-December. Yes, a terrible year. Should have placed. Like, like uh, we'll get to it, but with uh number two with 76 points nxt 2.0 as a staff record label and crew anytime you got to blow up the greatest thing a company has ever produced you got to do it um for for to only have worse results anytime you, you know you can do that 
you know, just 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 move everyone out of the way uh, to do Le- that. Less buzz, less butts in seats, less tickets sold, less eyes on the product, less acclaim. But remember, bro, move out of the way. Stop right now. I have this three point seven five star master watch. So thank you. Thank yep. you. Yep. Um, and then I'll number never one, y'all for this shit. Number one with 81 first place points and 103 overall. We didn't watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, but yeah, the House of Torture won this bitch. And I think th- them winning shows that the voters here did like this is what ran them off. <laughs> or this exactly. is keep, keeping yeah. them away. Yeah. Like, damn, the Western fans don't watch it as much. Who, 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 who's, what's the worst act in all of. And most damaging at all pro wrestling in 2021. Oh, them. Bad. Nothing redeemable. Like Nick Togo in the ring, out the ring. It's all bad ideas. There was a stretch where, like, because, you know, Bullet Club has had terrible finishes and heat and interference in their matches for damn near a decade at this point, right? But there was a point, um, we're like, I was like, hey, man, are we just tripping here? Is it just us complaining after, you know, and I ended up going through the, the Twitter um, replies to tweets on New Japan Pro Wrestling from the domestic fans. And like, it was just on and on and on, like where it was like, literally, there was no letting up. They hated that shit as much or worse than we did. They were like, every every evil match is the same. It's evil is always boring. It's the same shit. Get it out. I'm tired of it. Like in like I'm I still have the screenshots of the translations, but like, yo, it, like that's not a Western thing. That is a that is a everyone that has eyes and ears and pays attention thing. Yeah. They fucking this suck. Is, this is not the thing that, you know, people like to say, Oh, it's only the Western fans that are upset about this. You know, you'll see people saying stuff like that, but no, that is not the case. Um, wrestling and even Oma, if it, John and Wrestling Omakase packed up because of them. Yikes. Um, I think that the House of Torture and Evil, this has been like, I f- feel like there have been a couple detrimental things to New Japan Pro Wrestling as they fell out of like that golden period we were in. Mm-hmm. Evil's in the top three. Yeah. So, uh, if not number one, but. Um, yeah, man, it's bad. But I'm upset with you voters. I can I get to can I get to can, hold on, let me get to let me get my point real quick before you go before you go. If you had told me that like in 2019, 2020, when Show was out here chasing after Shingo, that he would then be doing this shit, I wouldn't have believed you. This shit's awful. He's out here in a being a heel in against his own long-term tag team partner and they have the chemistry of two people that just met each other like that promo that moxley cut uh last night saying that like the first time he met danielson is when danielson showed up 45 minutes late uh because of a plane delay uh and they first met in the ring after the sh- after the match had had to be late 45 minutes like they have less chemistry than danielson and and moxley 12 years ago, whatever the fuck that was. Like, it's awful. I can't believe this. Like, watch stardom. 
Sorry, lost Artem. The, the, the superior Bushiroad product. Um, like I said, now it's time to use the Zoom. <laughs> right here, right here. How dare you not vote Cody Rose number one? How dare you watch all that bad television the last seven months when this dude couldn't figure out his ass from his elbow uh, in the ring? How dare you watch him cut these promos about ending racism by having a mixed child and not vote him number one? How dare you not vote him number one when he had Aleister Black? turned him into a fucking goofball that spits mist um, in the second one, gets booed out of Arthur Ashe Stadium, gets booed out of Jacksonville, gets booed out of his hometown, gets turning pay-per-views, hot pay-per-views, the hottest crowds of the year into awkward silence multiple times. How dare you not vote for him and, and place him on this? As this man ruined his career inside the ring, it affected him outside the ring when it came back. How dare you? Zoom out, done. Had to look dead in the camera for that, you know. (laughs) That man, until mid-December, had a worse match guide. A much worse match guide than the worst adult in stardom. Not saying that's in all the be-all, but he had so many television segments and promos that were awful. In the last, in one of the last memories, the second to last memory we'll have of him is him on top of a ladder, uh, in AEW way, for now. It will be him on top of a ladder, cutting a promo about everything but his fucking opponent. And then he loses to that opponent, and then he's never to be seen again in AEW. Fitting end. We were told this was all going somewhere. It was not. We were lied to. Like, you were worked. He was worked. He worked himself. So, moving on. The Jeff Jarrett Finesser of the Year Award. So, this is one of my favorite awards. Um, This is who took advantage of their situations to get the most out of them. Who worked their way into big spots. Who is the swiftest business person? So, before we start this, I have no no idea how this is going to go. I just voted for the stuff I thought was the funniest. And, like, let's see where the chips fall, because I have no critique of what was right or wrong for this. I just voted. Yeah. Okay. Um, number three. Or, excuse me. Let's go through nominees. The Good Brothers in AEW. Kenny Omega not having to drop the Impact title in Impact. Vince McMahon licenses the WWE Network to Peacock for big money. Tam Nakano defends the championship against only her backstage friends. Paul Heyman manipulates Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns into being a feud about him. Dick Togo continues to gain influence over New Japan uh, booking. So, with 75 points, the Good Brothers in AEW. (laughs) Shout out to to Big Brother Dangly. Um, Carl Anderson will come in here and work work real hard for you. But, you know, after a while, it's like, why are they still here? <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, number two, uh, with 79 points, 54 first place points, Vince McMahon 
licenses the WWE Network to Peacock for big money. That was it was another billion dollar deal that came in uh, for them to basically sell the shit they already had and then not have to prop it up on their own shit anymore. Um, but number one with ninety one points, also fifty four first place points. Dick Togo continues to gain influence over New Japan booking. That's funny. Like I had nothing uh, even close to what place right but i got number one right according to the fans uh the voters yo because that's uh yeah man like the dick toga thing is a problem the house of torture thing is a problem like it needs to be addressed it needs to be handled it needs to be changed yeah uh i had number one i voted kenny not having to drop the impact title and impact i voted that third and there was even another layer to that he didn't have to lose it to an impact wrestler like so like that was like you know the, the the third part of that uh then i voted for vince man licenses the network and then paul Heyman manipulates brock versus roman into a feud about him i don't think enough people are, are giving this credit i feel like this should have placed i voted that second yeah like i it, like maybe there are some people that have read this and they're into the rock and Heyman thing and they didn't like that and then they realized uh you know wh- what was going on and then they were like, being conned Exactly. And they were like, hold on. And, and then, you know, didn't give it the proper vote. Gotcha. But uh, that's just my theory. But congratulations to Dick Togo. Uh, you know, Dick Togo back to back awards, House of Torture, and to put him in a coffin and the Jeff Jarrett Finesse of the Year. I don't know if that's ever been done. I don't think Making so. Making history. Well, yeah, I, I don't think so. Yeah, so congr- congrats, if you will. Um, so yeah, up next, the die Rocky die who booked this shit failure of the year award. So I don't think Dick Togo is nominated in this category for any specific oh, action. Yeah, I mean, if he but, was, he would have won apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they do not <laughs> fuck with the Dick Togo here. Uh, so the nominees, Bianca Belair at SummerSlam, the dud after Omega and Moxley, the zombies eat wrestlers in WWE. The Rock slash Egg at Survivor Series. Bearcat Lee. Drew McIntyre post WWE Championship. Unifying the lineage of the IWGP, IC, and heavyweight titles in Big E's WWE Championship reign. Third place with 58 points. The Zombies Eat the Wrestlers in WWE. <laughs> Number two, 66 points, 39 first place points, unifying the lineage of the IWGP and IC championships. And number one, with 137 points and overwhelming 114 first place points, Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. Just like all awful. Um and this is like different levels of awful, right? So our first place winner, this is like, this shows you how you blow a potential star and completely like just throw them out the way. Like nothing. This is robbing your fans. This is like, we've gone through everything wrong with this. Um, The false advertising, everything. And it was just, just a complete disaster trash area. And, Number two, the unifying the lineage. That's like that's that's fucking up a historical thing of your yep. company that you use to that basically everyone sell loves. tickets that everyone loves. And then zombies eat wrestlers in WWE. It's like the worst thing. It's like 
the branding stuff that that just sucks the life out of anything the yeah. zombies literally eating the wrestlers which is insane on its face it makes blues neon and process that bullshit too yes exactly Who like that like the part he's added on to it is someone also got hurt yep um just just baffling like all this shit um what did i vote for um okay i voted for bianca belair at SummerSlam, biggie's championship reign and then zombies eat wrestlers in wwe okay so my third was the uh new japan fucking the title lineage um number i had number two bianca at SummerSlam. number one for me was the dud after moxley and omega because i was just like yo i can't believe that like i still think right before that dud goes off that is the best rivalry in AEW history Best few, best robbery in AEW history. And then the and then the shit don't go off. And like Eddie Kingston looks like an asshole. John Mossy looks like an asshole. <sighs> Kenny Omega looks like an asshole for, for rigging up duds. Like the promotion looks like an asshole. And I look like an asshole for, for believing in this company when that dud goes off. So like I was just really down on it. And like honestly, like we got to go back. Like I, I have to rewatch, but like that match may have been better than their lights out match. And no one will ever remember it as such, or the general public will not remember it as such. And it'll be just some shit that some bullshit that happened at the beginning of 2021, as opposed to one of the better matches of the year at worst. Like yeah. it, it ruined a lot of good effort uh, for me. Uh, and I was like, that, that fucking sucks for those guys. And it also sucks for me. <laughs> Most importantly, it sucked for me. Oh uh, yeah, lots of lots of terrible stuff. Um, Bearcat Lee, or excuse me, Drew McIntyre had a zero zero one, so he only had mm-hmm. one single third place vote, Maybe which was like, um, well, you know that's kind of what it is when you work with the E. Mm, Biggie's championship reign, I definitely think you know when whenever you lose seven times as the WWE champion during a football season title reign, that's a, you know that's, that's pretty Seth bad. Shit. That's some Seth Rollins shit from two thousand fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would challenge. I wonder whose title reign was worse: Seth Rollins' universal title in 2019 or Big E's WWE Championship reign. You figure it out. Um, I'm going to say 2019 Seth because they wholly they rejected never him. They wholly say, rejected him. Look, Big E didn't get rejected. Like, and yeah. then he they never embarrassed him the way they embarrassed Seth. And this was crying still all time bad. Crying in the corner. <sighs> That Hamlet Cell match one of the worst matches of all time. I, I still can't per- personally, that's the worst wrestling match I've ever watched. Personally, ain't no way. There's no way you haven't watched a shitty match in stardom. Embarrassment to the profession. Like I thought it was just like you it have was a, a, it was a parody of, of, of what wrestling is. Like it was like it was <laughs> so. You know bad. what a parody of professional wrestling is? Watching two watching two teenagers for less than like fifty matches try to uh, throw elbows at each other. That's that. So, so I, I get what you mean. You talking about on, being on a big stage? I get, I get it, I get it. Yes. But yo, I, I have definitely seen matches worse, more embarrassing. N- maybe not, but worse definitely. So um, up next, our, our next category, we've got gimmick of the year. So this is the best vehicle to get over. So uh, we got six nominees here. Um, being the elite, Kenny Omega is the belt collector. Dan Lambert, an old school hater. Miro, the Redeemer, Hook, Hook, and Hit Row, a rap click. So, 
uh, with 78 points, 48 first place points. Kenny Omega, the belt collector, with 93 points, 42 first place points. Miro, the redeemer, and 104 points, 63 first place points. Hook, hook. (laughs) So they love the hook. Apparently so. Um, yeah, this 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 should have been Kenny's, but um, I voted yeah. Kenny number one too because it's yeah. like you know he's an he's the number one guy in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a little bit more valuable and over than the, yeah than being, being a meme wrestler to squash people. And uh, yes, yes, I agree for like especially for like only like a third of the year, if that. Yeah, but whatever. Uh, yeah. Like. I like the hook, but y'all keep this shit up. Y'all gonna make me unlike the hook because y'all take this shit a bit too far. Yeah. So, so what you saying, James? Is you watching for the hook? That's what, that's what you saying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Cool breeze and outcast and goody mob, all that. Yes. Dungeon family. Um. So up next, the WWE match of the year. Uh, this should be great. Um. <laughs> I mean, this so, we know what's gonna win. I'm, just, I'm wondering what's gonna. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm wondering what's gonna finish third. Honestly. So our um, what we got here, <clears throat> our nominees: Johnny Gargano versus Kushida, Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan versus Edge, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov, Edge versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell, NXT Men's War Games. <clears throat> our third place. With 35 points, Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa. Second place, 75 points. Main event of night one of WrestleMania, Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Hmm. Uh, so Sasha finishing in front of someone who I was told was an all-time great. Um, yeah. Get again. Uh, and this one is no surprise. 134 points, a whopping 121st place points. Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. In NXT. Yep. A fucking war. Five yep. of the easiest stars I've ever given in my life. Yep. Uh, completely bone-shattering match. Just over, I believe it was a 21-minute or 23-minute match. It was the it was like the peak of violence. It was it was amazing. It's a match to where you play for me anyway. Or it's a match for me to where like I can kind of feel the length of a match in like this one. There, what time? Time is a construct. <laughs> this shit was right. awesome. I'm just sucked in and I'm just like eyes just as big as like saucers and <clears> like, you know, m- you know, maybe I uh maybe my eyes dilated because you know I was getting some of that good dope watching that. Uh good hit, a good, you know, a good high. Yo, I I love this match. Like it was one of my favorite matches of the year, which we'll talk about later. But yo, I love the match. Um interesting that Walter in uh in uh, Champa finished third. It it finished third on my that ballot. I thought that it wouldn't. Um, for the general fans, um, I had I had Johnny versus Kushida as my number two, but I had one and three just like them. Like I just think that like the Johnny Kushida match is like outrageously great. And um, if I had a fourth, I would have put Bianca and Sasha. But like, I get it. Biggest show of the year. Yeah, man. Um, and also, like, it had the it had the emotional attachment of people. People love Bianca. People love Bianca, and they did that shit to her in the summer. Assholes. Yep. Uh, I thought Sasha was incredible in this match. Yep. Ring generalship, like Ter- incredible this, story. This, 
this was a flair like performance from Sasha Banks. Um, just, you know, if that's the peak of her career, like what a way to like, you know, she's always had to put people over. Right. But what she did that night, it was 17 minutes. They didn't have like, uh, they, like they did, they didn't have the extra bloat um, because they were running late that night. I think time got cut off the match, and I think it was for the benefit. This only went 17 minutes, and it was like – it was phenomenal. Um, and the Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa in the beginning of the year was um, – you know, it was on TV, and it was like – this is a great match, and then it was like great you know, story, great selling. Like he's getting ass ate up by chops, and like Chompa's like holding on. He's like, all right, let me get out the way, and you know makes he ends up chopping the table, and Walter selling from there, and he's doing all this stuff to block up the chops, and like Walter has to overcome like like how bad do you want to overcome this this chopping thing when that's your big thing, like he's your move, and you can't do your move, and like they were awesome together. They really were like. Walter is Walter special. Like that's fucking obvious, but like <laughs> that dude is like elite and actually one of the actually one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Actually. So, yeah. Yeah, man. It is um you know, quite interesting to see where everything finished. So, NXT Men's War Games got a single uh, or got two third place votes for a grand total of two points. Edge and Seth Rollins finished seventh um, in the Hell in a Cell with 15 points. That's appropriate. Uh, Seth finished seventh for WWE Wrestler of the Year. And Edge finished eighth. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> You're yeah, an man. asshole. You're and, an asshole. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, I think some, yeah. It's just, you know, Walter owns this this category. He's owned it the last couple years. He's won the last three. No, he's won the last two. He didn't win the last three? Like, uh, Walter and Tyler Bate? What, Tyler did Walter Bate. Bate win last year? Or 2019? I would. I think so. I'd have to check. It'd either be that or one of Gargano uh, Cole. You know what? And Gargano Cole probably split the, maybe have, maybe have, may have split the vote. I think I it may have been one of them Gargano matches. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, he's always going to be in the hunt until they, you know. 2.0 I'm up there. That's funny. They, they I, I mean, that man. Yeah, that man's name is Gunther now, so yeah. who knows? Gunther finally um, gets shut out this year. So they up next, see to that. we've got the AEW match of the year. So this is going to be a great category. Um, our nominees, uh, Omega versus Danielson in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros Cage Match. Young Bucks versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page, Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa, and the Young Bucks versus Pac and Ray Phoenix. So, with 63 points, Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson comes in third. Second place with 91 points, 54 first uh, place points, the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros cage, cage match. And number one, with 114 points, 75 first place points, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Huh. Go over that. Go. What's third again? Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson. Wow, Omega and Page in place. Yep, they finished fourth. Okay, that's wow. Wow. All right. Great category, um, yep. Omega and Danielson. Like I said, uh, it, I just felt like it was the, the the real biggest match of the year. Like it was just like a dream match. 
a first time match that, you know, of course he wrestled in PWG, but like nobody's talking about that. Um, the Arthur Ashe Stadium legendary kind of feel around the arena breaking his own new true crazy house, great ratings. Um, and just like an incredible match, you know, like I'm never going to forget that match. I mean, you're talking about that Kenny Omega and Daniel Smash or PWG. That's probably around the time that more like Kenny Omega was out here looking like Chris Martin from Coldplay. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't remember that shit. Uh, uh, yeah, man. Um, I mean, there were I mean, there were lots of matches to to pick through. I'm just surprised that Omega and, and Hangman didn't make it. Uh, I wow. Um, yeah, um, I I'm surprised that Omega and Danielson. Uh, I mean. You know, this fits in line with these awards. More Young Bucks erasure. Like this, they, they, look, they, hey, look, I'll say this. They only, they only picked up nine points for Bucks versus Moxley and Kingston. Nine points. I, like, that's one of the, I don't know. I, like, bro, like, I love that in match person, too. bro, in person, bro, that match is like, it's one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in person. Like, uh-huh. it, it was just like the last 10 minutes of the match. Uh, you remember when we were in Madison Square Garden and like it was like the closing stretch where Okada like, and Jay White were going at it and uh-huh. everybody was standing on their feet like the last couple of minutes. This was like the last like 10 or 15 minutes of that match was like uh-huh. that. It was like off the fucking Richter. But um, Bucks and Lucha Bros in a cage match. Uh, you know, that they actually won the Voice of Wrestling match of the year poll. Uh, I believe the Reserve Awards are going to be out, you know, within the next day or so. So uh, that's likely a favorite there as well. Yep. But um, they handicapped themselves with the cage, really. Didn't do a ton of flying, but all they did was like creative spots and really violent shit and creative shit. And um, this one, I think, went about 22 minutes as well. And great title change, great atmosphere, great entrance by the Lucha Brothers and, and the Bucks. Like, you know, it's, it's important how champions drop titles. And you do it clean in the middle, you do it in the fucking cage, you do it clean, as clean or clean as it gets, you know. And it was just a great moment because, like, I remember, like, Phoenix uh, and Penta, like, they had their kids there, like, their family was outside the ring. Like, this was fucking, like, this was magic. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, and, like, I didn't even, like, I didn't even know how long that match even went. Like even to until just now, I never even knew the time uh, on that match. Like it was an awesome match, and one of the one of the few matches of the year uh, while watching. I'm like in the middle of watching it. I'm just like it's five stars, and like there's still it still feels like we're like going into the closing stretch, like the final third of the match. There was only like there's only like two three matches all year where I felt like that, um, like. For example, um, I felt the same thing while watching Walter Dragunov. Um, mm-hmm. I did not feel that about um, Shuri and Utami, the first one. Um, like, it's... That match is awesome. It was. It's one of the best matches of all time. Yep. <clears throat> um, yeah, and Heyman versus Danielson, our draw at the end of the year. Yep. So, like, two draws in here for AEW. Um Yeah. So AEW and Stardom out here trading uh, ideas. I see. Oh, um, <laughs> so the funny thing is, I was listening to Keeping the Strong Style this week. You know they got that Okada Naito match coming up. Yeah, right? and it's, this is what Sunday, right? Like they were floating that out, that draw idea out there for those guys doing that shit because you know it's like if you beat Naito right now, it's like he's kind of out of the title picture the whole year. They got all these fiftieth years things like. They want to maybe do multiple matches, and it's like it's out there. 
People talking about it. Do you think it's a wise idea in 2022 for Tetsuya Naito? I, I, I can't zoom, so I'll get closer. Do you think it's a good idea in 2022, the year of our Lord, uh, if that's what you believe in, that Tetsuya Naito wrestles a full fucking hour? That sound, does that sound like a wise choice to you? It does not. Yeah. Nah, man. Uh, don't do that shit. Um, up next, stardom match of the year. So, um, so what finished got... third? We know it finished one and two. <laughs> uh, well, we've really, got, yeah, we've got we've got a, a bit of a surprise here. So uh, let's go through our nominees. We've got Julia versus Sam, uh, white belt hair versus hair match. Uh, Utami versus uh, Shuri, the red belt match from June. Mayu Watani versus Momo, five star Grand Prix match. Momo versus Shuri, five star Grand Prix final. Tam Nakano versus Mayu Watani, white belt match. Uh, Tommy versus uh, Takumi Roja, red belt match. Tam versus Sayakamatani, white belt match. And Utami versus Shuri, the red belt title change from the very end of the year at the buzzer. So with 59 points. Uh, Utami versus Shuri, the red belt no time limit match. Hmm. Um, Number two, 60 points. One point difference there. Uh, the hair versus hair white belt match. Julia uh, okay. versus Tam. And number one with 82 points. The match that broke the bubble. 51 first place points. Utami versus Shuri. The red belt match in June. I am surprised that the red belt match um, from December did not beat out the um, white belt match. But... Like the white belt match is my the white belt heavens hair match is my favorite match of the year and one of my favorite matches of all time so I'm not going to be upset about it uh, I'm just surprised at how it worked out um, you know those are the three matches that that elevated stardom into the stratus or into a different stratosphere in the world of professional wrestling um, and especially into the Western audiences so um, those three were on a pedestal all to their own um, and. You know, uh, a lot of this year in pro wrestling, whether it was Tam or it was Shuri or it was um, Hangman or it was Sukasa in Ice Ribbon or um, or even someone like a Big E or Bianca, like this was the year of um, people that you people that you liked a lot getting like their big moment um, in the in, in in the spotlight and uh, being elevated to a certain status that they were never there before that you always kind of wanted. So like. Um, it, it makes sense that, you know, uh, these three were there. Like that's all part of tapestry of what was most of the good professional wrestling in 2021. Uh, I went red belt, no time limit match uh, as my number one. Uh, I went with Momo and Shuri uh, as number two. And then I went Utami versus Shuri from June as number three. Okay. Yeah. I went, I went, um, the title change red belt match. I went to Utami Shuri two as a uh, two in quotation marks. Um, one. I went um, Utami Shuri one uh, as second. I put the, uh, the white belt uh, hair versus hair match at three. Like this is just a strictly match best match uh, thing. Than you know uh, what what my opinions of of them. But yeah, uh, all three incredible matches. Congratulations to Tommy and Sherry picking up multiple places here. Um, Pay-per-view of the year. So this is all promotions, mixing them in. 
uh, you know, mixing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so we've got Russell Kingdom 15 Night 2, Vengeance Day from NXT. Kind of like the last like great takeover. Um, yeah, the, the last one that was fully loaded from top to bottom, yeah. Yep. Um, the Stardom All-Star Dream Cinderella. AEW Double or Nothing. AEW All Out. Stardom Five Star Grand Prix. AEW Full Gear. And Stardom Dream Queendom. So, um, number three. AEW Double or Nothing with 33 points. Number two. 82 points, 27 first place, AEW full gear, and number one, it's no surprise, clean sweep for AEW, 147 points, 123 first place points, AEW all out, one of the greatest shows of all time. I mean, to be fair, I think Full Gear is one of the greatest shows of all time too. That so, is too, yes, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to just separate and be like, yeah, there's only one great. No. Nah, no, 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 not this year, my bro. There were a few Adam Star rating shows. AEW had quite a few. Um, you know, Bell to Bell, especially, but like you know, All Out was pushed over the top with the arrival of you know of of Page, not Page, but of Cole and Danielson. So yeah, yeah, and also the return of. Punk after seven years. Uh, yeah, like man. Norris um, Suzuki being a surprise. That's right. That's right. The cage match, the title match, the fucking yeah, just just great shit everywhere. Yeah, um, like that. That's Miro and Eddie Kingston. Kojima was over when he came out. Like it was a, uh, it was a, it was a great night. Um, uh, full gear, of course. Uh, just tons, just a star system assassin of a night, top to bottom, big title change in the main event. Uh, <clears throat> he had uh, crazy. Dave six Meltzer shrunk down on, on stars that night. Yo, Dave, Dave Meltzer melted on <laughs> the internet. Bro, <laughs> people were fucking <laughs> curious. They're giving everything, anything from a half star to three quarters of a star more than it deserved. He, that man, that man loved that man, him this show. This man bro. thought it was the greatest show of all time, bar none. He was wrong yes. as fuck, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, He's like, hey, 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 2018 Dominion, get the fuck out of here. Hell you. Yeah, kick rocks. Russell uh, Kingdom, uh, uh, 9 and 11, kick rocks. <laughs> it was so funny. I love Dave. That dude was um, wilding out tonight. Like, bro, like, like they were on a roll, man. Um, and then Double or Nothing was like the first show back. What I contend is the hottest crowd of the year. Um, I was there in person. It was a phenomenal event to be at. How hot was it after Cody cooled him down? They came back during Brit. They came back during Brit. Like it took a little second, you know, from the Miro and Archer to get get it back a little bit. But uh, when you know Brit was in that closing stretch, they was living and dying with her. Like it was, I think it'd been an ugly scene if she ain't win personally. But um, they came back, and then you know they were into the three way, and then Stadium Stampede was awesome too. So it was like, you know, that should should ruled. Quite frankly, um, I think some of the Stardom shows uh, were fucking phenomenal too, especially Dream Queendom and then the March show. Um, Wrestle Kingdom uh, Night Two was phenomenal as well. It only ended up with fifteen points. I think it finished seventh uh, on this that thing. Was- so. You remember how you were saying like uh um takeover thirty six. 
the uh, the last official takeover was like the the, the <laughs> you told me that shit as a as a series finale of NXT. Yeah. Hey, hey, Russell <laughs> Kingdom Night Two of, of Russell Kingdom Fifteen might have been the series might have been the series finales, my guy. Like, are we no, everyone no. having a, a no. new Japan show that great? Uh, I don't know, but. You know, there are people that will argue when Tetsuya Naito won. That's the that's the season finale of New Japan, right there. Um, shout out to Case Low. He has a great column in the 2020 Year End book that is called "The Dynasty Is Dead." Like, <laughs> so uh, like once look what <laughs> evil hits when evil hits Naito with that too sweet before he hits when everything is evil. That's the actual uh, finale. That is yes, it. that's the finale. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, so that's what New Japan Cup 2020. Uh, 20. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the, uh, that. That should be the official uh, time of death. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so congratulations, AW. Uh, three shows there. Moment of the year. Just moment of the year. Got eight moments on here. Kenta appears on AW Dynamite, kicking open the forbidden door for the first time in AW. Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debut in AEW. CM Punk returns at the first dance. Britt Baker wins AEW Women's World Title. Bianca Belair defeats Sasha Banks for SmackDown Women's Title. Hangman Page wins the AEW World Title. Tam Nakano wins the White Belt. Shuri wins the Red Belt. So, in third place with 60 points, Hangman Page wins the AEW World Title. Number Two with 75 points. Adam Cole and Brian Danielson debut in AEW. And number one, 135 first place points. Pretty obvious here. CM Punk returns at the first dance. Once in a lifetime kind of thing. Yep. And he cut this great promo during his return. And he ends up finishing somehow second in, in press promo. But he had a moment of the year with a promo. Go figure. Um, yeah, uh, he was awesome. That, that's my number one vote. Uh, my other two, my my two and three, like, uh, or the two stardom uh, title changes. But yeah, like CM Punk had to be it. Like, um, and to be honest, and you know, like I went for the I went for the moments that made me cry, like from of tears of joy. <laughs> so that's what I went with as my uh, as my three. So, um, it, you know. Hangman, like, uh, I'm surprised Hangman ended up finishing behind Adam Cole and Danielson, but, you know, um, yeah, but, like, Danielson and, and, like, that whole little angle thing they did to to bring out Danielson, like, that was awesome. Um, that was awesome. That was, what a show. (laughs) What a show. (laughs) I went, um... Number one, Sam Punk. Number two, Cole and Danielson. And then number three, Bianca uh, defeating Sasha for the SmackDown Women's title. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what WWF did to get me to think of like their main roster being like having great moments. And like I buy into them and believe them and think they're going to last longer. Like, like you voted for Sasha and Bianca, right? Like, what they, look what they did her for. Look what they like, did with it. <laughs> yeah, look what they did with it. Yeah. Oh, oh, you loved it? How about we shit on it? Like, yep. <clears throat> so um creative success of the year so um we've got eight nominees uh darby allen and sting alliance 
Adam Page versus the Elite, Tommy's Red Belt Reign, Kenny Omega's AEW World Champion, Brian Danielson reborn in AEW, Bobby Lashley's main event push, Starlight Kid's heel turn, and the labors of Jericho. So, in third place with 74 points, Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion. 75 points, one point difference, Adam Page versus the Elite. Number one with 90 points, 42 first place points. Uh, oh, wow. The Adam Page versus the Elite had 60 first place points, but like they got only eight and seven on the others. So this is why they lost. But um, number one, Brian Danielson is reborn in AEW. Hmm. Um, the novel concept of letting a great wrestler wrestle. Yeah, let him have the matches he wants. <laughs> you know, it could only be if, if it was only that simple. You know, yeah, like it's funny. Um, like we heard about how much creative freedom the top guys, the tippy top guys in uh, WWE have, and then you see like what like real creative freedom looks like. And like, gotta say, those aren't even close to the same things. Sorry, like I I really don't think that if you unleashed um, Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns uh, into the wild, they would have the matches that they're having. Not to say there's anything necessarily wrong with their matches, but I just think that like. They'd be a lot fucking different. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, I voted that third, but, you know, the Daniel- Danielson was a fucking killer the last third of the year. He just really was. Um, like, <laughs> like uh, it just, just amazing. I, I, I voted uh, Omega number one. Omega is world champion number one for creative success because, you know, the company grew like crazy as he was a champion. Um, yeah. But... Uh, and also, like, a lot of this stuff, like, uh, paid versus the elite and... Um, tied up under him. <laughs> yeah, it's tied to it. So, it's kind of... Maybe that split votes. I don't know. Yeah, I voted for Kenny as uh, number one. Then I voted Danielson and then Page versus the elite. Um, yeah. yeah. So, pretty much, you guys know why, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, I did start, like, his heel turn is number two. Like, I thought it was incredible um, television, if you will, from... You know, she's in these, these you know, loosely factions view. She, they lose uh, uh, Goking and Death, uh, and they make her, <laughs> Oda turns her into a Konami slave. Uh, they, they they double down again, double to nothing, do it again to try to get her back. They end up losing the literally the mascot of Stardom and Stars. Uh, Mayu's, you know, you know, they're called MK Sisters or whatever else if you want to, but, like, that's like her daughter. <laughs> she loses her daughter in a, in, a, in a gamble to try to win back her friend in, like... <laughs> The whole chase of like Mayu going through that five, five one versus five gauntlet match to get her back, she wins, and then at the end, like my uh, Starlight Kid's like, I don't want to go back, and she shoves her in the face, and like Mayu just collapses, like it wasn't even like, like she went through all that wear and tear and all, all that all that that battle to go get her back or to win her back legally or whatever you want to call her, like she's a slave, but like when she rejects it. Like she, what makes her fall and collapse when she can't get back up is like my is kid saying no, I don't want to go back and like that heartfelt moment where she's like, if you want to go rival, fine, but like I'll always like I'll always wait for you to come back to me. Like that shit was heartfelt. Like that shit was gutting. But yeah, that's why I went second with that. But yeah, everything everything with uh, the elite and Paige and uh, Kenny Omega and Danielson, like that shit was rightfully voted for. It really was. Yeah. Uh- so tie for last was Lashley's main event push and mm. the labors of Jericho. Mm. I thought the labors of Jericho was really undervalued here. Um, responsible for 
lots of crazy moments on television, like Nick Gage having a death match, Juventu Guerrero again pulled from WCW uh, back in there, uh, Jericho and MJF, him and Wardlow. Like it was like yeah. just every week, it was like what will happen next, and it just yeah. like for the most part, it was just all delivering. So. I think a lot of people are off of Jericho right now. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of uh, there's a lot of stock to be bought on Jericho right now. And Look. I think, and I think he's recognizing that's the reason why he like he you know he's changed his body of late. He kind of realized like this shit will not do what he's doing right now. So um, he got that re up. Uh, apparently, he got a two year extension. He option option Look. got picked up. Option accepted instead of declined. Um, Amazing how that know, works. He, um, I think I'll say he, this never. And I mean, I'm going to zoom the camera. <laughs> Never write off Chris Jericho. I had, a, I had a different screen up, so I had to click over. You were just already right there in my face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what's next? Uh, so up next, we have the I, or excuse me. Yeah, the last award. The IWC award. The biggest internet controversy. Man, we have reached the end of the line. Hope you guys have enjoyed these uh, awards so far. This is a this award's been around since the first year. Uh, yeah, man. So let's get to it. Eight nominees. AEW wins the Wednesday Night War and the drama that caused. Man, NXT 2.0 and the trash that caused. The reaction to many wrestlers jumping from AEW or WWE to AEW, you would have think just like jihad was committed. It was just oh, like man. it was bad, man. Just like these like these people have lost their minds. Cody jumping to WWE in th- whenever that officially comes out is going to be on his list next year, right? Yeah, I I'm, maybe yeah maybe like it's a big story. Yeah. Um, AEW Rampage beats SmackDown head to head on cable. This was that night they loaded SmackDown to the gills. CM Punk beats Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, and then go the ahead, Bunny. Sam. Yep, you know go. the Bunny beats the the Tribal Chief and Brock Lesnar. So they they got beat by the Bunny. Uh, and I'd never seen so much crying, and you know just and and this was a loss WWE signed up for and chose. They didn't have to uh, take. They went an extra half hour. It was just like, good God! And that whole week was just on Twitter. In the follow up, in the follow up, Fast Nationals became a thing. Yes, yes. Um, number five, budget cuts. Kind of like a spin on like uh, what happened last year. WWE firing hundred or you know dozens of wrestlers and. Uh, things like that, but you know, it's you know, the we're wondering what this budget is, you know, quite frankly. Um, number six, everything relating to black wrestlers and the black community in wrestling, just everything, everything from like, uh, are the young bucks allowed to wear sneakers, you know, th- things of that nature, um. Uh, the lack of, you know, uh, of black wrestlers in AEW uh, being spotlighted at a main event level. Um, what happened to Bianca Belair uh, at SummerSlam? Uh, you know, Biggie win the championship. 
Um, and then like, you know, the various trash fires across, you know, different parts of wrestling Twitter and uh, everything like the Bearcat right shit uh, or Bearcat Lee shit. Um, there's just like tons of like of things that just it was it was exhausting after a while. The Big Swole stuff uh, that happened with, with Tony Khan at the end of the year. It was just like everything was a there, there was a lot of race, uh, you know, uh, discussion going on this year and mudslinging, using race to hide behind and um, using race to do a lot of things like to 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 be unproductive in some cases and in other cases for agendas know. yeah for agendas um and it was you know exhausting, exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> very um, much exhausting the young bucks being sneakerheads um so the young bucks and then that whole thing that happened with top dollar and everything else and um the the you know Young Bucks apparently weren't, weren't allowed to wear Jordans, I guess. Uh, and then Pro Wrestling Tees was hacked. So I don't really got much on that. They were hacked. Like <laughs> They were hacked, um, and then they they basically they like, slow rolled it so they can keep getting holiday sales in. That's right. That's right. That was the that was the deal on that. So yeah. um, the IWC Award, let's get to it, man. So um, number three with 50 points, AEW wins the Wednesday Night War. Number two with 67 points, everything relating to black wrestlers <laughs> and the black community in wrestling. <laughs> and number one with 108 points, 90 first place points, budget cuts. Okay. Um, I had number one and number two. Um, AEW wins the Wednesday Night War. I voted for the reaction of wrestlers jumping from WWE to AEW, and like to be honest, like the between uh, AEW and the Wednesday Night War and NXT 2.0, and that in the wrestlers going from WWE to AEW, I felt like those are kind of those are all t- kind of related to each other. So I, I see why they went with AEW Wednesday Night War because boy, that like I miss NXT black and gold, but like I'm also don't miss like the people going back and forth about the show. And then like, I have to hear like people that are AW fans do not like the black and gold because they, cause most of them used to be whatever else. And then also like, I have to hear the main roster fans that don't like black and gold either. So, um, I, I am, I am glad that's over with. So like they can enjoy their, you know, their show is going to get canceled like within the next year or so. So, but whatever. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. I voted uh, everything related to the black wrestlers and the black wrestling community first. Really? Uh, yes. Like mm-hmm. I think it was like the single most controversial issue online all year. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was talking about you know the the championship scenes, um, you know the agendas, uh, you know, uh, it was just I think everything was just magnified on that, yeah. and it was I- just like. I, it was like, yo, it can't be like this big a deal. Like, but apparently it is. So, um, a lot I of people, lo- third. a lot of people looking for pro wrestling to solve their societal ills. I don't know what to tell you on that. That's not, you know, my, my views have like kind of evolved over time with this, like where, you know, like these are, I don't know, man. They're, I I think you know this a lot shit, of people playing games. This is bigger. This is bigger than Matt Lauer, baby. 
Yeah. 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 I, I get you. Yeah, it's like um, so. It's a lot. So that's what that was my first place vote. Um, I voted for AW wins the Wednesday Night War. Um, I you know the 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 thorough domination of AW throughout the the whole thing uh, made it kind of like it was like wow they really pulled the plug on it. I couldn't believe it personally. I you know I I didn't think they would throw in the towel like that as far as like NXT. Especially, then, especially when it's like, uh, what you mean, like from moving off of Wednesday or moving? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah, I'm more surprised off. that like they changed it up after they already moved and they got better ratings once they moved. And yeah, then once yeah. they switch it up, like they get worse ratings than they ever had before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like, you know, the denialism was just on another level like people just not understanding what they were seeing even though they were seeing it every week yeah yep yep it's like hey hey this man there's one wrestling show that's going to be inside of big uh, big arenas and this other shows that we wrestle is going to be like in a full cell like space and then once the pandemic hits it's going to be in the pc and in, in the la fitness you have in orlando which show do you think is going to be better Yeah, and they they, they kind of lost the plot booking wise. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But like the, one the looks carrying. majorly, one looks majorly, the other one doesn't. The 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 over push of cross, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. D- just destructing the, the brand. The pandemic, under hurt, the pandemic ruined them more than anything else. Like, I, I think the cross thing was death. Uh, the, the cross the key- in the pandemic. The Keith Lee, like, you know, you find the belts and just hot giving shot. the shits up. Uh, yep. no, the, the hot shotting, like, really, like, did, like, the pandemic sped everything up um, for NXT. Uh, so, and then my third was Rampage beat SmackDown head-to-head on cable. Um, you talk about denialism and, you know, people just in disbelief. And it's like, there are, there are people that really act like we're not like they act like 2019 has never happened like a new company never came along like and then it was like a rude awakening and it's like why are we still doing rude awakenings like two years later and then it's like oh this thing is really ingrained in them as far as like wwe it's their identity they grew grew up with every everything that uh, just like the just seeing cm punk be able to do it too was was fucking you know chef's kiss um but yeah it was uh you know there was a lot of controversial things uh on the internet in 2021 and those were our one nation radio awards chance did you have anything else on the uh iwc award uh no 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 just um any general reaction to the awards uh i thought it was a fun show i thought that um i thought that the I, f- I felt like a lot of things, like most of the placing placing in this thing, um, was pretty, you know, um, kind of matched my opinion of it. Um, but yeah, y'all gotta what in general, like y'all gotta stop paying on the young bucks. I don't know what got in y'all this year. I, that, yeah. that was that was strange this year. Was what got in y'all? That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, turns out like, I was wearing a young buck shirt this whole time, and man, y'all ain't want to show, show these dudes no love. The greatest tag team to ever walk this planet. Y'all, y'all don't love them? Like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, you know, 
like let let the Usos had a year the Young Bucks did. My God, people lose like their minds. Let FTR do this. People lose their minds. You you want me to start, don't you? Hey man, feel I'm free. Not, feel free to jump in. I'm not going there with you. Like let I, I'll just say this: Let the Usos have a year as good as Momo and Azumi before they broke up. Let's start there first, can we? Like start start with a twenty year old, then the eighteen year old. Lower. Yeah. Yes. You know, their exits. I'm sorry, twenty one year old and and now nineteen year old. Sorry. Yeah, man, I, I guess it's time to uh to get to our favorite matches, I guess, right? Yeah. Uh so Rich, you'll start off with your number ten. <clears throat> so number ten, I will go with Walter versus Ilya Dragonhoff. Um NXT Takeover thirty six. Way to end an era, a franchise, a, um, you know, and they, they did it and, you know, in the UK and by themselves the previous year. And they came back this year with almost equally, almost as a violent match. They did a title change, finally beat Walter. Uh, that was insane. Uh, when you think about it and then like, it felt right when it happened and it was like, yo, this is a dragon. Oh, dude's tough as fuck. Walter's like, you know, he lost, but he's not, you know, he doesn't look weak or anything. I don't think it was like he went through a war and um, this was, this was just great. Five of the easiest stars I've ever given. Yeah. Um, number 10 for me, Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki from the Rampage buy-in in Miami, Florida on uh, October 15th. Man, like. Sometimes I think about the the, the Bryanson run, and like I feel like this might be as I feel like this might be underrated. Like I thought this match was incredible. Um, I thought this match could have been a five star match had he decided to go like three more minutes. Um, but they just incredible striking. Uh, this is this is the match that I've always wanted um, Minoru Suzuki to have in front of an AEW crowd. Like um, I, you know. When they did the Moxie match, I thought they were going to do a part two of what they did in uh, New Beginning 2020, but they, they didn't do that. It was a shorter match, but this was like the fully realized version of what Minoru Suzuki is um, for New Japan fans that have watched him or, you know, wherever he's been in um, in the Japanese wrestling scene. But I, I just thought that, like, those two together, they unleashed on each other, and it was just fantastic and brutal and just an ass-kicking slugfest, and I loved it. Yeah, man. Number nine, uh, Wonder Ring Stardom. Momo Watanabe versus Shuri in the finals of the Five Star Grand Prix. Um, we talked about how great Shuri looked uh, earlier that night against Takumi Roja. And that is actually on my list as well. <laughs> but um, the the middle part portion and then the match where it seems like she... She she starts with half a gas tank and somehow like rides her her car past you know this this long stretch of land with no exits and uh, outlasts Momo who is on a full tank um, there and literally kicks her way into you know the the trophy and you know kicks her way to back to Utami. Yeah, um, that match is awesome. Like, <laughs> well. Like I feel like I feel like in a way like um 
I feel like I almost did a disservice to Shuri by not putting her for like creative assessment year for for the year on the thing like her nomination like saying like her whatever like her title chase like it was incredible like that that title that match against Utami and then the Grand Prix and then um the 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 final like that shit was so good so good like what a wrestler um <laughs> yeah number nine for me Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix AEW World Title Match uh from AEW Dynamite New Year Smash on uh, January sixth man like you put Kenny Omega in the ring with an elite luchador and like look the fuck out like he loves wrestling these fucking guys like they're awesome and then he gets to be like this I don't say a bully but like he has to do like things that he just doesn't do with guys that are like closer to his size and just special work like you know it is it, you know for a long time this was like my number two this was like the second best match I had saw of the year for, for a few months um, and then it got top but <sighs> Just, just awesome. Like, I, I want him to see him do it again at some stage. Like, whether it's, you know, I don't know where, when and where. Hope maybe it's in Mexico, whatever. Like, but we got, we need, we need, we need more of this. We need, we need Kenny to get healthy and I need him to go out there and shoot uh, Vikingo his fade. <laughs> Number eight, Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first real defense of Kenny Omega's title reign, uh, taking on. One of his greatest opponents, I, I feel comfortable saying that. Um, this was so fast, so electric. I believe this was a 17-minute match, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Ray Phoenix, the peak of explosion. Kenny, step for step with him. This was like, I was like, yes. Like when, when Kenny Omega won the championship, I was like, yo, this is like, the like, let's go, let's fucking ride. Like this is this world where it's at, um, and. This was uh, overshadowed by January 6th, of course, yeah. uh, that happened on that same day. But yeah. I always will remember this match as like, you know, Kenny didn't get to go to Wrestle Kingdom. There was a pandemic, but it was like Wrestle Kingdom. And then what, you know, the end of the, you know, it was like Wrestle Kingdom was the fourth and then the fifth. And then on the sixth, Kenny Omega and Phoenix got the answer and they did. Uh, number eight for me. Kazushiko Okada versus Will Ospreay, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 15, night one, uh, January 4th. Um, they had a match at this year's Wrestle Kingdom that was better. But, uh, it, and I also believe that um, they've had G1 matches that um, have also been like five stars or in the, of, of that ilk. But this was like the first realized match where they were seen somewhat on the on similar levels as opposed to just in a tournament. And after the hill turn uh, from Osprey um, in the in the at the end of the G one um, in 2020 to get to this moment, like this is like what we've been talking about for a long time for Will Osprey after you know um, after Kenny Omega left and it, like he was the obviously the most talented guy in that in that locker room. Uh, and you know he showed improved to get to this point, and they executed it, and we got here. And that match was this match was incredible. Um, and one of these one of these years, Osprey is going to beat Okada in a big spot, and like say what you want to about the people that don't like him and all that kind of stuff. On that day, he won't just be the best wrestler in the world or best worker in the world. He will be a legend with a capital <laughs> L. So, look forward get, to it. Get ready. Get ready. Look forward to it. 
number seven, uh, Kota Ibushi versus Jay White, Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. Um, I thought this was so dramatic of a match. Um, I went in completely unspoiled, which helped, I would say, a lot. It went 48 minutes. I remember that. And it didn't feel too long for me. It's the longest main event ever in the Dome. Um, it, it just felt like this big, big match where, like, Jay White hit Kota Ibushi with everything. And he would not die. And um, I'll just never forget, like, the, the drama of that match. Even in a clap crowd, I could feel it. Number seven for me, Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega, AW Dynamite Grand Slam, September 22nd. I remember um, thinking, I, I remember like once the word came out that Danielson and CM Punk may be on the way, like this may have been the first match I thought about was Danielson versus Omega. And to see them go out there. For a half hour draw, uh, and more or less do what I thought they could do. Um, it it was awesome. Like I'll always remember that freaking <laughs> long full you know walkway V trigger from Omega. Where he's like he feels like he jumps like he like long jumps into this man with a knee. Just just awesome. That man, man. Ju- that man jumped in Brooklyn and landed in Queens. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was awesome. Um, and, I, you know, draw is appropriate. There's going to be another one, and it's going to be even better than this one. Because the, the, as great as the match was, there was stuff left in the tank. Oh. Number six, Adam Page versus Kenny Omega. Uh, All Elite Wrestling, full gear. Um, this is the big title change, a big win for Hangman Page. Well, Kenny Omega made him fucking earn that shit. This shit kind of echoed um, Tanahashi and uh, Omega. When Kenny's dropping the title, he's going to go all out and really work his ass off. Um, that uh, Sunset Flip Powerbomb was really great. I love when the Young Bucks came out and kind of like, you know, paid it back kind of to Page. Like, hey, man, like it's your time to be, you know, step up, be the man, win. And, you know, that kind of gave him a little bit and a very emotional moment uh, with all these guys and, and the fans. And uh, I think Heyman, you know, beats Kenny, wins the belt. Everyone celebrates, um, you know, pays off the, the, the story of the promotion thus far. They um, silence a lot of people that thought they were headed for some Starcade 97 type shit and weren't going to do the right finish. And all these people, these, these doom and gloomers that were just wishing something like that would happen instead of like knowing what the fuck was going on and actually being ahead. Um, I thought it was a great match for totally fitting, popped a number on the buy rate. Things like their second biggest show ever. Um, and you know, great match. Number six for me, the Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros. AEW World Tag Team Title Cage Match. Uh, AEW All Out, September 5th. Um, I don't know at what point during the match, but I was sitting there thinking like, yo, this is... They've somehow done it again. Like, I don't <laughs> think th- I don't think that this is... And you know me, me, you know, Rich, you've seen me plenty of times where like I see a match and I feel like in the middle I'll look at you and I'll be like, we on pace. When, that pa- and when I say we on pace, like... This shit is tracking like it's going to be a five-star match. And, you know, there's plenty of times where it happened. Like, I didn't say this one out loud, but I was just like, what I was saying in my mind was like, done again, was like, they're like damn near on pace with like 
their match with the Golden Lovers and their match with uh, Hangman and, and, and Omega and ultimately didn't end as high as that. But the match didn't go as long as those matches. And it's just like so impressive to see them in a cage, have someone straight and not do anything that could have killed them um, in a way that like their ladder match went um, two years ago. Um, but, or in 2019, but they were, they're, they're just, they're the two best tag teams that I've ever saw my two, my eyes in a live (laughs) setting in like to see them together is always just a special thing. And, you know, here's the more over the next coming years. Right. Number five, Shuri versus Takumi Aroha from the five-star Grand Prix. I was making short clips. I was commentating over them. I was watching these two women use their feet and kick the holy living shit out of each other in the chest, in the face, in the arm, wherever you want it. Like it was, it was some Tupac Shakur. How do you want it? That's how these feet was coming. Like just absolutely violent. Like one of the most violent matches you'll ever see. And he's like, they let, like, if we show, like, you know, these people that are afraid to see women hit each other, like, they saw this match, they would curl up in terror. Um, and it was like, this is, it was, it was a 20 minute draw, just absolutely phenomenal. We'll never forget that match. Hope we get uh, another one this year. Uh, uh, Takumi comes in and gets her title shot uh, because they went to a draw this year and then sure he can uh, get the dub. Yeah, sorry, JD. You you have to do. You just gonna have to deal with these Takumi Roja classics versus the top of stardom. I'm sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, number five for me: Tam Nakano versus Mayu Otani white belt match. Uh, oh, stardom Osaka Dream Cinderella from uh, October 9th. Um, this is a match that I have been waiting for. I mean, ever since they split up a, uh, in, at the end of 2020. Um, these are my two favorite wrestlers in the world and they have, a, they have this special bond of friendship, uh, and un- unrequited love. And it turns into, I don't think, I don't think that I can be where I want to be without you or, or with you. Uh, so I'm going to go leave a, go walk away and the chase after what I really want now, cause I know what I want and the other person not understanding it and, feeling betrayed and they're both right and they're both wrong. Um, but that's not as much important as like the, the part where after years of being, you know, um, the lesser, they're now equals and they go out there. And in my opinion, it was the best, like it was the best selling match of filled with selling all throughout the year of just two people slugging the hell out of each other and one selling a, a ribs and a gut injury, the other one selling a neck injury, and them coming down to a stretch of just beating the shit out of each other inside the ring, outside the ring. Ref, get out the fucking way. We'll beat you up, too, if you get in our way of us trying <laughs> to destroy each other. Um, to suplexes, to head raw head butts uh, over and over and over from your feet, to, uh, from on your knees all the way up to your feet. Um, and just this closing stretch of the champion after finally, after, you know, years of being the number two or, or right-hand woman for Mayu, just like finally she has a shot to beat her, but the time runs out and she just heartbroken that like, she's a dreamer and she's assessed all these goals. And she's so goal oriented. And the one thing that she, that she sees is like the only step left for her really is to prove to Mayu that like, I was always deserving of 
your respect and your love and couldn't beat her. Couldn't beat her. It was heartbreaking. It was gutting. It was awesome. Uh, love that match. Number four, Shuri versus Utami. No time limit. Red belt championship change. In a lot of ways, um, the red belt quest for Shuri was this thing you weren't sure was going to happen. Um, stardom looks like, in my opinion, is a promotion that oh, if you're on top, if you're not Mayu Iwatani, you're, you're, you're younger, you know, you're, you're in your early twenties. You're, um, you know, you're kind of new or whatever. Um, Shuri came in like, she's not like you're like, she's a, she's a beautiful woman. That's not a traditional like beauty. Like she's not mm-hmm. like Julia, like coming in. It's like, Oh, she's a fucking supermodel. Um, of course she's like gonna, gonna get the big push and stuff like that. But Shuri she's not handles like a cartoon anime character. Yeah. Right. And like, she's like a, a heart filled fighter. And, Tommy's like this stoic kind of like just swaggy, like, you know, champion or whatever. And this year was about those two wrestlers, I think. And it was like, it was an insane chemistry better than the first match. Uh, actual championship change 36 minutes. She breaks out a new finisher completely to win. Um, after like, you know, they go, they do the 43 minute match. They do the draw. And then this, so this is like 90 minutes of wrestling. We still haven't found out who's better yet. And then at the end, like, you know, she's standing with the trophy, the red belt, and she won it for a mom and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, five stars easily and match of the year. Um, it, it was just great. And I think that if you liked the first match, you didn't see the second one. Don't worry about it being spoiled. Just go find it. It's better. The people that watch this stuff normally know it's better. Uh, um, that was a good synopsis. I'm going to have to try to come <laughs> with something new. Uh, all right. Number four for me, um, Walter versus Ilya Dragunov, NXT UK title match, uh, WWE NXT TakeOver 36, August 22nd. Um this is this is basically my slobber knocker of the year um in much of the fashion from last year when i gave it all types of love and respect um this is another version of it in front of a crowd that is absolutely eating it up um and in a in, in a crowd setting that where it's harder for um the strikes in uh, the brutality to reverberate around the empty arena off the walls, it still filled up the, the, the building and the crowd ate it up and it almost felt like they were in, <laughs> they may as well have been in the freaking um, Colise- the <laughs> gladiatorial coliseum. Uh, it, um, Walter, at many times throughout the years, have, it just felt like just, if he wasn't the best wrestler in the world, he was the best champion. This person that always had these matches that just felt like, um, they, they just felt real. <laughs> he beat the shit out of me when it just felt real. And to see, 
uh, Dragunov after that first match where he got destroyed all throughout and showed all that heart, like finally overcome and slaps that, uh, you know, hits that freaking, sh- you know, hidden headbutt, basically. Not a hidden blade, a hidden headbutt. And then he slaps on that choke and gets uh, Walter out. And Walter, like, is just insult. It's just like, he taps out immediately, like, was shocking. Um, it, it, it's an incredible match, an incredible uh, tele triumph of a person that, like, you know, just could not beat, beat Walter. And, like, he he's like Craig to finally, you know, he's Craig, the only person to finally beat Debo. And, he, and like, quite honestly, like, if I had been. Um, Dragging off that situation, I would have been picked up that brick and, and used it or that gun. If it Walter or but he went the he went the he went a long way with it in the harder way and he's yeah. a champion and <sighs> that was awesome, awesome match. Number three, Adam Page versus Brian Danielson, sixty minute draw on TV. Um, this match just happened in December. And winter is coming. This was in Texas. Brian Danielson, I think, showed like his full range. This is the first time he was able to do like an hour long match in a very long time. Hangman, fresh off of his defense, um, you know, seven weeks of watching Danielson just torture his friends and comes in there. And we don't really know how it's going to go. Like it's 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 a whole thing. It's like, man, a lot of people were pulling for Danielson here to, to just get the win, and you know, a lot of people pulling for for Heyman as a you know testament to uh, his strength as a babyface character and the work that went into getting him to that level to where Danielson didn't just like just drown him. Then um, the match was like so good. By the end, I was rooting for Heyman to win, and. This was like uh, I know like a lot of people talked about the commercials. Commercials actually worked for me because it kind of allowed me to, you know, catch my breath or whatever. And it was like it was a match that went sixty minutes, but the sixty minutes flew by. Um, there was blood in it. It was it was violent. It was like uh, it was full of character um, to say the least. Like I felt like um, like I should have been watching that that uh, that match, and that match should have been in like black and white and. <laughs> Uh, it should have been, or you know, it it, it should have existed in another time. Like uh, it, it was like a territory match that was like full of like updated wrestling, of course. But Danielson has like it was it was this thing that I discovered about Hangman too, where it was just like this never say die uh, kind of feeling that he has, and it's carried him kind of through his reign. It was like a it was a great way to start. Uh, off even though it's like kind of untraditional you know draw at for your champion after they win their first defense i think it worked out um i don't think you know we really expected them to go to 60 minutes and they did and it was like you didn't feel robbed yeah number three for me utami hashista versus shuri rebel match from stardom tokyo dream cinderella from june 12th um rich talked about this match earlier uh i'll 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 give closer or more background um shuri in last year's five-star grand prix which is the equivalent of uh, uh stardom's g1 um in the middle of the sh- of the middle of the tournament uh shuri uh mother passes away and she ended up missing one um one show and she had to forfeit two points and then she comes back and um at the day after and she and she wrestles in a tournament match uh we get to the final night and she has to do double duty because she has to make up for time she missed her to you know to deal with funeral plans for her mother or whatever or funeral damage whatever you want to call it and 
she she f- has this great match with Micah, underling in her own faction, and then she wrestles with Tommy for the first time in a singles match. So this is the second match of the night, and she just gives it to Tommy. And um, ultimately, it goes to a 20-minute time limit draw, and Utami then has to go face Hameka, who she overcomes her. She, Vince McMahon, she face, Utami faces the giant to get over before she gets the title. Um, Utami becomes a champion. And throughout the beginning of the year, they're just in these tags together, and they're just killing each other. And I'm just growing more and more anticipation, and I'm just telling Rich, like, hey, man, when they get in, like, you gotta see these. T- I'm gonna tell you about these tags, but when they have this match, it's gonna be f- going fucking off, and Rich is seeing some of these uh, Road 2 show matches, and he's into it, too. And, like, by the time we get to the the hype for this match, when we're time to get to the time for the match, we're both like, yeah, man, we got the, we got the, the four and a half just penciled in. It's just gonna be great. One of the best matches in stardom um, this, uh, in the next, in a few years, and it's gonna be fun. And, man, like, I'm, I watched that match live and they get to the, they get to the third, they get to the 30 minute time limit. And I just cannot believe it. Like, yo, this is a great match, but eh, you know, I, you know, obviously the, the draw sucks. I want to see some, I want to see someone beaten clean. Um, but Shuri asked for a restart and Utami wants it to, cause they just want to f- settle this. And like Rossi grants it, and then the bell rings, and they they run into each other, and it may as well have been like um, Agent Smith and Neo and the Matrix crash each other in one of them crazy CGI scenes or some Dragon Ball Z shit, and they waylay each other, and there's head drops and suplexes and hard as fuck kicks, and. They keep trying to. They keep basically trying to decide to finish by. I'm going to drop you in your head, and you're not going to get up. And and lo and behold, every single time the next person keeps getting up over and over and over again until the finally, um, after 13 minutes of them basically having after a 30 minute match, after like a 30 seconds of rest, they have a 13 minute sprint where they beat the living shit out of each other. They both collapse upon each other, and it's a double knockout. Re- uh, ref calls it. They both can't continue. Shuri, after the story I just laid out to you about how she wants to win this title for her, um, she she after what she went through in that tournament to get her shot her shot finally, um, after failing the first time against Mayu, uh, early, uh later in uh, at the end of 2020, to, uh, to to have another shot to you know to dedicate this to her mother and to fail and she, the way that she just grabs into the uh, and literally hugs and goes to a, a fetal position, um in the uh, in the corner was just like i i i felt for her so much at that point in time at that point uh, it felt like i i i just have to see her with this fucking belt she deserves it she had by that point in time like just from her wrestling she had just became one of the best wrestlers in the world she already was but like it was apparent that like this was her year to win it and stay tuned Yeah, man. Um, number two, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson versus um, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix cage match. Um, when we talk about, you know, the Midnights and Rock and Rolls and, you know, the the goddamn Fantastics, and, you know, whoever the fuck else you want to pull out from, like, you know, the 80s have great rivalries, great tag teams, Brain Busters, uh, Heart Foundation and, uh, you know, whatever. Demolition, you know, a lot FTR. of shit like the FTR, you know, 
<laughs> you know, another 80s ass tag team. Um, these, <clears throat> when the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks hook it up, no matter what stipulation it is, it can be a regular match, it can be a ladder match, it can now be a cage match. Legendary shit is going to happen. They're going to drop 50. They're going to push the boundaries of the sport and like in the most contemporary way kind of possible, um, whether it's a Canadian destroyer off the uh, ladder through a table, whether it's something as like unique as like, Hey, you know, we've been doing this thing, this gimmick with the Jordans. I'm going to have Brandon color throw us a fucking bag. And there's going to be Travis Scott Jordans, like, uh, you know, equipped with spikes for us to do super kicks with um, just lots of creativity. Uh, the, you know, another peak of this legendary rivalry. Like this is like almost like some Cavs and Warriors shit. It's like, there are two fucking teams that are just going to keep coming back together that, you know, that is just going to be a, be a war. It's going to be all time excellence and it's going to be not close to anything that, you know, you can even try to compare to it. Like, I, I don't know who, um, you know, or like, you know, they, people talk about the Usos in the new day. Um, I, I love their hell in a cell match from 2017. This was light years ahead of that one. And it was like, you see the young bucks and, you know, they get a lot of flack for their style. And then I'm, you know, I'm always confused by it because I'm like, well, what can't they do? Like you, you want them to fight hard. They can do that. You want them to be Southern style, uh, you know, taggers. They can do that in their sleep better than FTR. Uh, you want them to just go out there and just, just go fucking insane. They can do that as well. You want them to fight a young team. Yeah. They can, they can make, you know, a young team look like they're one of the best teams in the world. Um, the verse, uh, you know, and then you start talking about like Ray Phoenix and Pentagon. It's like the heart on those guys, like they're wearing masks, but you can fucking see through the mask, like in their faces, like what they're feeling, like, especially like Pentagon, like, um, Ray Phoenix, just like he, he did this big dive off the cage and it was the only real big dive of the match, but it was like, you know, I'd never want to hear about no Jimmy Snooker diving off in some eight foot cage. You know, I never want to hear about, you know, mankind falling off the cage and stuff like that. Like Ray Phoenix jumped into the Chicago sky, touched the Sears building and then came down uh, on there. And then they won the fucking world tag team titles. Like as they just, you know, took the young bucks in, um, Lucha Brothers rivalry to the fucking Pantheon. Like, you name a tag team rivalry that's, that's fucking with this one. You can't, I promise you. Like, unless it's like Holy Demon Army, Masawa, and Kabashi. Like, it, like we're talking about tag teams. This is it. This is class. This is the premier level. Like, I, I ain't wearing no Young Buck shirt for no reason. Respect the fucking Bucks <laughs> and the Lucha Bros. Yeah. Um, Number two for me, Utama Hashishta versus Shuri, red belt in SWA belt, no time limit match, stardom, dream queendom, uh, December 29th. Um, picking off where I left off, um, Shuri, she she goes through that Grand Prix and she just murders everyone, just murders everyone she can um, to get to, the, get to uh, this moment again. Um, to, to fill the promise to her mother and they have they have this match and it's very it's almost it 
it's basically the same exact match. Like there, you can you can almost go like time cues. Like at the five minute mark of the first match, just happens at the at the ten minute mark of similar things happen. Fifteen, twenty, whatever else. Uh, it's not exactly the same, but like they they're definitely like paying homage to their first match. They got so much praise, except this match is having, is having a winner. And I think the the deciding factor between this match and the last one was the first match had a thirty minute time limit. These are two of the best conditioned wrestlers in the world, and they they were able to need all all Utami needed was thirty seconds to be able to keep herself to where she wouldn't lose her title, but. Once she gets to a time when there's no time, there's no breaks, there's no, there's no place to hide. It's over, and there were there were great moments of dramatics uh, in the last five minutes of the match. After they get past the uh, last six minutes of the match, once they get past the three minute mark, uh, they both have each other in 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 submissions. Shuri gets that stretch muffler, and and do Tommy screaming? She's screaming, uh, just hopeless, hopeless, like she's not getting rolls, but she eventually does. Um, and Utami, who's been putting people away and won the red belt with uh, a black tiger bomb, hits Shuri with one, and Shuri kicks. I think it's, I think she's the first person to ever kick out of it. And Shuri ends up hitting her emerald uh, flosion, doesn't get her down. Utami fights back. Shuri snuffs out the last of it. Shuri gets her up on her shoulders in, in uh, electric chair position. And... Like she ends up dropping her with a one wing emerald f- uh, flosion, and I was just like, "That's it!" I jumped out my seat, I put my hands in the air, and I'm like, "That's it!" I'm literally counting one, two, three with the ref, and Sherry fulfilled her promise to her mother after you know a, a eighteen month story, basically of of wanting to do this, and like it is, you're filled with all this joy. Like her her protege that she helped through the business, uh, Konami's on commentary. She's taken a step away from stardom um, and pro wrestling for now with her health health concerns. She's on she's on Japanese commentary. Everybody from her faction is around ringside, and she's celebrating. She has the belt. She takes this picture that's now up on the on uh, in her history uh, section of the site, and she looks like she just looks regal. It looks like that belt was always that like that belt was always an extension of her and that's our first time ever touching it um and she walks out and she hugs all of everybody in her faction and then she doubles back and she hugs uh konami and walks off into the sunset and it was just a great moment just like it was real sports and in this <laughs> fake fight that was real sports this happens to everyone in life and lose people and you go through life and all that kind of stuff and she encapsulated all that over 18 months it was just incredible yeah man um number one brian Danielson versus kenny omega arthur ash stadium um my two favorite wrestlers of all time meeting each other um for, for the first time on a major stage twenty-two thousand in the building new unique setting for wrestling um aw as a promotion first real step in new york like kicking over buildings literally like like snoop dog and and uh the dog pound uh you know how they was kicking over the buildings and saying new york belong to us now that's that's what this was and um it was a legendary match i know james said he would never forget the v the v trigger that that happened with um you know kenny running down the ramp like the great muda 
I will never forget him doing the the goddamn uh, V trigger. No, not the V trigger. The damn Snapdragon, and then damn Brian sl- or Brian Delson sliding down the damn um, ramp it was excellent. Kenny's heat segments were were incredible. The opening of the match, as I mentioned, like like the Rock Austin or excuse me, the Rock Hogan of this time, like as far as like just seeing these guys talking shit to each other, like, hey man, nowhere to run now. Like you in here with me. And they were both saying it to each other. It was like like Kenny like dropped like, you know, he dropped like the like before the match. Danielson said, "Yo, I don't want the goof. You know, I want you know, I want the, the real guy that I know is inside you." And then the real guy fucking showed up, and um, Kenny debuted New Gear that night, the Blue Joint. Um, it was it was just a masterpiece and a, a, a match of equals, uh, a draw that you know they were fighting at the end. Like there was there was no one that, that had the advantage. It, it wasn't about the, even the title. It was about who's better. And James is talking about real sports. There's nothing more sports than who's the better man. Um, and even and a title didn't even need to be on, on the line. Like this is like a great regular season that break game that breaks out that just goes to several overtimes. But imagine they, they just ended it, you know, and instead of like, you know, letting them keep going. But um, this was a match we all wanted as soon as Danielson came in. There's one guy when people come in, you got to fight Kenny. Like they don't, they didn't come for Cody. They didn't come, for, come from Mox. They didn't come for, uh, you know, whoever, like, like they're coming for Kenny. Like that's, that's who these people are showing up for, um, you know, and they're coming and Danielson came in and you see where they put them. And it was like, it did an incredible business. Um, it went off first, but it was the real main event. Come on. We, we know what this is. Um, and Arthur Ashe was like low key, like one of the biggest shows of the year. Like it was, um, you know, he started talking about attendance and, you know, the importance of the stage. It was my favorite match of the year. Um, I can't wait till they run it again. And I think that it's going like, I don't, I don't think people are going to forget this one because like you, you never forget the first one. And, um, Maybe the alignments are, are, are changed next time. You know, maybe Kenny's the face next time, and Danielson's like the heel, and um, that would be an interesting like twist on it. And um, I would think that that would be great as well. But um, just uh, just just love this match a whole lot. Like it, like nothing felt bigger this year than than Danielson and Omega. Number one for me. Julia versus Tam Nakano, white belt in hair versus hair match, stardom, all-star, dream Cinderella, March 3rd in Budokan Hall. Oh, man. Um, This match is the culmination of a lot of things. Uh, It's a combination of Tam Nakano's character arc from comedy geek to the top of the world it is her culmination of of showing the arc of being a spoiled or not spoiled a being a brat and selfish into being a a person that's dedicated to a goal into then becoming a leader of women uh, in her own right and it is a culmination of something that's very, very relatable, which is people have dreams and goals 
and what are you willing to do to change and sacrifice to reach them? Um, all of that came into place in this one match, uh, versus a woman that from the second she came to motion was given everything and rightfully so, cause she's a mega star. And this is her one time to lose for now. Uh, but this is the match to show you that everything that they gave her from the day she steps in the building, she was worth all that and then some. So shut the fuck up, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. <laughs> um, these two spent the summer into the into the fall being the living shit of each other it, everywhere up and down. And at the end of it, it was uh, Julia with the top faction that she's at the face of. Julia um, with the championship and Julia with the 2-1 advantage in the series in singles. In order for Tam to catch up, she has to give up the person she loves the most, the person that saved her early in her career when she was basically exiled into nothingness um, or looking that way. The person that gave her opportunity to get better and become from a terrible wrestler to one of the best wrestlers in the world from her guidance had to step away from that mentorship to then lead her own faction and teach people the way that she was taught from the person that she left to reach to this moment. And to be able to get what to get that title, to prove that like leaving Mayu was worth it. And in this match, she, her and her and Julia both dropped 50 in 19 minutes. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. There is a spot with the, uh, there is a power driver through the table. Um, there's a spot where it, in 2021, the best destino in a match all year long where Tam turns uh, Julia's uh, glorious driver into a makeshift destino. Um, there's an incredible slap battle that would, that would just, like Rich said earlier, like the people that are safe police when it comes to the women in, in American wrestling, they would have to, they would, they would sh- go into a fetal position watching this. Um, there is the, the unleashing of the Steiner screwdriver from, from Tam. And then there is the, the super finish that she's been, that she has been saving in her back pocket for a year or 15 months since she first debuted it. Um, this is an incredible piece of rivalry storytelling, incredible piece of single of singles match on its own Lucy storytelling, if you will, in like an incredible piece of arc and development and, um, and triumph. Uh, she, this woman went from comedy geek manager to the top of the highest wrestling promotion in the world. Um, or the hottest or the one that's getting the hottest. And this match set this match set the foundation for what this what Stardom's year was and what it will be going forward. Uh, like the Shuri and Utami matches uh, took another standard, but like this was the this was step one of that. And we're going to see what uh, the Observer Awards look like uh, tomorrow. And I gotta say, like it's gonna, you're going to see a lot of top ten places for a lot of Stardom wrestlers. Uh, and this was the start of it. Uh, for for a lot of eyes to get in on it. Yeah, 
so those are our 10 favorite matches. Um, another year of uh, doing the award show for One Nation Radio. Always one of my favorite shows of the year to do. Um, it is, you know, this is the 10th year of One Nation Radio oh, at the end of the year. Uh, we should probably come up with some type of like all-decade team or all-decade <laughs> type stuff next year or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, man, it's a pleasure doing the show as always. And, um, glad that everybody's listening to this thing. It only feels like it's getting hotter every year. So, uh, you know, we actually like, you know, had a lot of people show love on, on the donations this year. Shout out to uh, my man, Frankie Leone, for sure. Um, shout out to everybody that was, um, you know, checking out the FOA's draft and, uh, some of the stuff like that, the merch and, you know, bringing signs to the shows like that shit was crazy. Um, uh, oh yeah. Appreciate you guys listening to one nation radio. Yeah. Um, at in the show, stay tuned for the top tens from JD from red leaf retrocast. And also, um, Jeremy and Josh for keeping a strong style. We, we, uh, had them email us stuff. So, uh, don't, don't fear not. Like, don't think that because we didn't do an AEW uh, year review that we did not do top tens uh, for other people. So uh, make sure to check those out. And, you know, if there's something you missed out, check them out and check out those matches. This award show was like the AEW review. (laughs) Kind of. Kind of. Kind of, sort of. Except except we would have gave the Young Bucks way more respect. Way more respect. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And Um, I would have banged Cody even harder. Pause. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to raise whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Uh, go to Red Circle and drop us off with a donation and listen to other shows on the network. Uh, besides One Nation Radio, you have Keeping a Strong Style, The Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grown Men Washes Shit, Grave Consequences Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, and AW Match Guide. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. Right, JD Redleaf Retrocast gonna break down his bet top ten matches of the year. At least it is this week. <laughs> uh, so I have three factors I like judging my matches of the year by, and that's story build, investment hype, in ring deliverance. So obviously, emotion plays a lot a lot of uh, factors in wrestling, and in particular. And when it comes to the promotions I watch, the people I, I get invested into, that's really where my frame of mind is uh, more than just in ring. Anybody could put together, I think a match of the year list where it's just, I think these are the top in ring matches of the year. Uh, I think for a lot of fans that the emotion takes that it's, it, that's what separates the in ring match from the great match, great matches that you remember for years to come. That's why there's always this like annual argument over why Hawk Ro- Hawk Hogan rock is rated like three stars by Meltzer, but everyone thinks it's one of the greatest matches of all time. Uh, Hogan, uh, Hogan Warrior is kind of up there. You get the idea of what I'm going with. So I like kind of, why why can't we have both? <laughs> That's my thinking. And uh, this week I was feeling number 10, Maki Ito Mizuki in Tokyo Joshi Pro. is my token TJPW match of the year, it seems. Uh, everyone was invested with Maki Ito this year. She made vast improvements in ring. She has the character work that you can get behind emotionally, the hype going into uh, the princess cup this year. It really felt like Maki Ito's year. 
and she has this history with Mizuki. Mizuki has come out of beating uh, Miyu Yamashita uh, to take her out of the Princess Cup. And when they met in the semifinals, it really kind of all culminated in this she can have happy endings too. And it was, in my opinion, the best TJPW match this year, <clears throat> which uh, makes Mizuki uh, a two-time winner <laughs> two years in a row for this award. Uh, it is the match I recommend probably the most out of TJPW this year. So there's my... I like using the 10 spot for a fun match. Uh, number nine, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, AEW title, full gear. Culmination of your big two-plus-year-long story. Omega Page really put it together in the ring. Uh, I think uh, it kind of goes without saying at this point. No reason to really go into a lot of depth on why. I'm sure a lot of people have this match uh, on their match of the year list. Uh, and this is where I get a little weird with uh, because I watch a lot of women's wrestling, a lot of Joshi. Uh, you you will definitely hear some kind of outliers on mine, maybe a little bit more bias, but hey, when you like what you like, that's that's what I call bias. <laughs> and I really liked Suzu Suzuki versus Sukasa Fujimoto coming in at number eight for the Infinity title back in January at Winter Story. Uh, it's essentially student versus teacher here. That's a tried and true classic story uh, in wrestling. And Suzu, a teenager running with this title, and she comes across a uh, big boss of the promotion. And at the time, <laughs> it felt like the even the right business move of the promotion. Uh, we'll keep that conversation for another podcast, another time. But I thought this match delivered on in-ring. It delivered on a different set of story that you're uh, probably used to, whether it was uh, Suzu uh, trying to get out of various moves that Tsukasa Fujimoto has put her over in the past, uh, I kind of played off the last year's match where Suzu beat her, which led to her eventual title win. And so there was a lot riding on this match in the history and playing into what I hoped was going to be many future matches to come. <laughs> Turns out 2021 had different plans for Suzu Suzuki. There's a mouthful. Uh, and if you're, if you've already listened to the stardom uh, year in review from one nation radio, I was on there. So uh, I would expect, of course, if you're listening to this one, you have listened to that. If not, go for it. We do go through a lot of stardom matches, a lot of detail. So when I talk about these stardom matches, I'll just give you the match. You can go listen to that podcast. There's, there you go, <laughs> guys, Rich and James, I'm plugging your own podcast for you. But Shuri Momo Watanabe, five-star finals is my number seven. Number six, Utami Shuri world title, uh, Tokyo Dream Cinderella, June 12th. And number five, we're getting a little different. We're getting out of the Joshi. We're going Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, cage match at all out. Uh, this was my favorite and top AEW match of the year. Uh, there aren't many matches that get you fully invested in the heels and you just want to see them get beat. Everyone lo loves the Lucha Bros. These guys deliver on a number of different level uh, levels between the story heading into the match where the Young Bucks were big fat cheaters, dirty heels, with the constant interference, led to a cage match. What a concept. Keep the interference out. And the Lucha Bros did wacky shit. Young Bucks did wacky shit, as we all like. And it's not very often that when a match is over, you just go, five stars. What are we even arguing about? I'm not going to be a coward. And that kind of gives you a hint of or how I feel about every match uh, from this point forward. Number four. My sole Dragon Gate match of the year uh, into a top 10 in totality. It's Shun Skywalker versus KZ. 
I battled between Skywalker and KZ and then Skywalker Yamato as my Dragon Gate match of the year. And it came down to my emotional investment in a wrestler. And that would be KZ. I have believed in this guy like Jungle Kiona. One day, they're going to win the title. One day, they will get the job done. KZ won King of Gate. That was his big, big win. So here we come, Kobe World, Dragon Gate's biggest show of the year. They did a double shot, much like Wrestle Kingdom. But this time, we were into it. The winner would go on to face Yamato on night two. Skywalker, great run, great in-ring run of the year. The problem is, Dragon Gate, throughout the end of what feels like the last two years, are cursed with main events. But on Kobe World this weekend, they delivered back-to-back, just amazing main events. Go out of your way to watch these. KZ was one of my boys. It's KZ time. Incorrect. He loses the match. <laughs> he lost, making you feel despair all night and day long for years to come. It was Skywalker's day. Skywalker's story to tell as he went into battle Yamato for night two. And boy, did we have conversations over, is this Casey's level? Is this the right move? Hey, some guys aren't meant to win the world title. Some guys aren't meant to be the guy that's going to carry the company at the very top. But that doesn't mean that they are failures. I've loved KZ. This is a guy that was a comedy opener act. And if this is the culmination of his run uh, to be at the top and going for it, what a way to go out. What a way to cap off uh, a successful main event and be in one of the best Dragon Gate matches of the year. Number three, Julia, Tam Nakano, hair versus hair. This match will go down in history. I think it already has. We'll be looking at this match uh, for years to come uh, with great historical context. It has all your emotion that you want uh, to go with a Tam Nakano run to essentially overtake a big bully. And that was the Gulia. <laughs> Number two, Sukasa Fujimoto's on here again. I'm a big Ice Ribbon fan. I love their main event style. And boy, I wish this match drew money because <laughs> then it might have been number one. Sukasa Fujimoto loses to Sakushi Haruka on her way of redemption. This is just a, a cra- the, the depth of the story, whether it's shoot or not. But Sukushi was she's she was primed to be the next ace of the promotion. Uh, we all thought it was Suzu in being the prodigy. But the real story was about Sukushi. She she runs the dojo. She's been there since she's a small teenager and after uh, her own personal demons got in the way of her, she was on a redemption run back. Whether they, whether ice ribbon themselves took too long to tell this story, uh, it, it kind of needed to be told in either 2020 or 2021. They culminated at Oda Ward show on November 13th uh, for this title. They're both students of Minami Toyota. Uh, she's been there right there all along their journey. It all came to Sakushi uh, hitting for the first time the uh, Japanese suplex versus kicking out of Sukasa Fujimoto's ocean suplex, the JOC. Uh, it's, but hey, whenever I thought an ice ribbon match was going to be my match of the year, Hatman told me to hold the beer because Utami Hayashishida versus Shuri came through with the sequel, world title, Dream Queendom, December 29th. Absolutely loved it. It's, we went into a lot of detail over One Nation Radio covering stardom. I'm not going to repeat myself here. It's my match of the year. It had everything to me in ring the first match had. Uh, and this just had the benefit of being the sequel, had the build, had the anticipation, had the hype. That's why it's my match of the year. I hope you guys enjoyed my 
my top 10 matches of the year at this point in time for 2021. Who knows what I might feel tomorrow, but on this day, those were my 10. This is JD Redleaf Retrocast. Hope you enjoyed. Hey guys, this is Joshua from Keeping It Strong Style. And this is my list of the top 10 matches of the year for 2021. And I got to tell you, it was a very, very difficult uh, thing to uh, (laughs) boil down the year to just 10 matches. And uh, full disclosure and disclaimer, there were definitely some uh, blind spots for me. You know, Lucha was completely out. My Noah and most Pearl viewing, aside from New Japan, was pretty minuscule that also includes joshi so like the uh the heralded shuri and um uh utami matches didn't make the cut for me because i just i didn't see them but um this is my unadulterated list of top 10 you're hearing it here exclusively for um rich and james uh one nation radio the only you know place that's gonna have my top 10 list i didn't send one in to grapple i didn't do ratings for cage match i didn't send anything to joe and rich over voices of wrestling i saved the best for one nation radio so without further ado uh let's get into it top 10 we're gonna start off with thunder rosa versus Britt baker the lights out match from aew dynamite St. Patrick's Day Slam. You know, contrary to uh, popular belief, I do watch women's wrestling and do enjoy it quite a bit when it's good. And this one was awesome. Uh, You know, two ladies that went out there and wanted to show the world what they were made of, headlining uh, and main eventing the first, you know, for the first time with two women in an AEW show. And they more than delivered. Uh, This thing was a bloodbath, super physical. You know, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. And uh, I think this is something that we're going to see play out again in the future when these two girls lock it up again. Uh, Number nine, we've got Jeff Cobb versus Shingo Takagi for the Never Openweight title. New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. This was the ex or this was the uh, strong style fight of the year for the Keeping a Strong Style Awards this year. And with, uh, you know. All just do cause because this match fucking ruled. You know, um, a lot of people were rating it close to five stars at the time. I wasn't sure I was that high in it, but uh, upon further review, I, I don't see why not. This match more than delivered. These guys went out there, put their bodies on the line. Huge, big physical spots, you know, um, very, very violent, uh, very tight, compact, you know, an economy of moves within a 15 minute time limit. And, uh, these guys just fucking delivered. So if you haven't seen that one, again, recommended. Um, eighth match, uh, we're going to go with Shingo Takagi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the Never Openweight title from New Japan Pro Wrestling, the new beginning in Nagoya. And this was a match where I might not be as high in it as many other people are, but it still squeaked into my top 10 and really kind of showcased what Shingo was able to do at the top end of New Japan Pro Wrestling's main event scene, Wrestling the House Down. Who better for him to do it with than the Ace? And they went out there and tore the house down, really set the tone for the year that Shingo would have, and also the year that Tanahashi would have, you know, which is crazy in 2021. But uh, yeah, definitely recommended. The seventh match, we have Will Ospreay versus Zack Sabre Jr. from the New Japan Cup second round match. This was uh, New Japan Cup night eight and man um really beautiful told story two of Britt Rez's pioneering 
you know, um, revolutionaries when the whole Burt Rez scene kind of exploded. And, um, you know, they've had many, many classic encounters and this might just be the best of them. And Will and Zach just went out there and, you know, put on a clinic really of different various styles and kind of showcased what Will's able to do, not just from the uh, high flying aspects, but also the, uh, the technical aspects as well. And, you know, a little bit of blood never hurt anybody adds to the drama here. Uh, Will's face just explodes at a certain point in this match. So, um, this one kind of doesn't get the recognition it deserves, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, sixth match, we're going to go with Jay White versus Kota Ibushi for the IWGP double gold titles. This was the main event of New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 15, night two. And just another epic between these two guys. Sometimes they go out there and they don't deliver. And other times they go out there and put on a match the year candidate. This was the latter. And, uh, you know, for a little while there, I thought this was going to be the match of the year. That's how good it was. And uh, it just shows how, how much of a... Uh, awesome pairing Jay White and Kota Ibushi are when they're paired together and they went out there they made magic once again uh getting into the nitty-gritty here top five Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega from AEW Dynamite the Grand Slam this was a dream match it delivered on every single level all the expectations were uh you know completely met these guys went out there for 30 minutes and told an incredible story I know they've got another you know, even better match in them down the road. Two of the best ever to do it. And, uh, you know, what a stage and what an atmosphere for them to go out there and do that. Uh, very meaningful match for me uh, for personal reasons. And I, I'm, you know, I love this match. Fourth match of the year, we've got Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Uh, this was a, a rematch of what I believe was my match of the year the prior year. Uh, but this was for the NXT UK title from NXT TakeOver 36. Uh, Walter and Ilya, they went out there and they just built upon the uh, foundation that they'd laid the year prior with their slobber knocker. Probably the most physical and violent match of the year. And uh, that's really saying something. So yeah, definitely check this one out. Third match of the year, Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW world title from dynamite winter is coming. And, uh, this was probably one of the greatest throwback, you know, um, NWA world title style defense type matches that you could see in modern times, you know, mixing in the indie and the, uh, you know, the all Japan hard hitting pro stylistic, you know, um, type of match, but mixing it with an 60 minute, NWA world title draw and these guys went out there they bled they told an incredible story they built off of the the limb work and the injuries and yeah uh and then they went out there and they did it again then you know here in 2022 so this match uh I, I know a lot of people pr prefer the Omega and Danielson match I think this match was even better than that one so uh that's why it gets the nod here for me Number two, uh, the runner-up Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP World Heavyweight title from Dantaku Night 2. And, uh, man, these guys have gone out. They've had match of the, matches of the year uh, caliber matches in the past as well as winners 
uh, in the past. And seems like every time they lock it up, they put in, they, they just have a classic. I believe the best pairing in all of wrestling today is Shingo Takagi and Will Ospreay. I don't think anybody really outdoes them when it comes to singles matches. Uh, this one definitely was, you know, one of the best matches in new Japan in quite some time. And, uh, you know, this was our match of the year for keeping it strong styles awards. And, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it won that award, many publications for sure. The best, uh, wrestling match on, uh, you know, in Asia this year for that entire region and also for new Japan. So, uh, this one more than over delivered it. I mean, I feel like because new Japan had a down year, less people saw it. So if you didn't see it, uh, and, and you're looking at the other matches that I've ranked below it, that would tell you h- how highly I hold this match up in uh, esteem and in regard. So uh, you need to see this one. It's required viewing and it's a classic. And then without further ado, the match of the year, my number one pick, the match I believe most people will be picking, that's the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks in a steel cage match for the AEW World Tag Team titles from All Out. And uh, I got to tell you, steel cage match is my favorite match of the year, or is my favorite match stipulation, I should say. And uh, you would think that that would mean that these guys have a leg up, but actually it means they had a harder barrier of entry for me to even like the match because of how many cage matches I've seen and how many I hold in high regard. It's it's like an almost impossible you know, um, barrier for them to kind of cross. And these guys did it. They went out there and had maybe arguably the greatest cage match of all time, uh, which is crazy considering, you know, um, that many people considered a cage being uh, a stipulation that would limit their ability to go out there and tell a classic story. And uh, quite the contrary, showed how amazing these four men were at working, the story that they told, the physicality that they, uh, you know, were able to uh, put on display, uh, that they had probably the best tag match of the year without even having tags involved, without having, you know, um, many of the, like, many of the uh, tropes that they usually would, you know, depend on. And this was very different from the... uh, ladder matches that they've had so you know um anybody that's seen it knows exactly what i'm talking about and if you haven't seen it you you need to see this one in my opinion the best match of the year you know an all-time all-time classic and that's gonna do it so thank you guys for uh listening and uh i'll kick it back to uh rich and james or whoever's following me uh for you know more match the year goodness Hey everybody, Jeremy Dobbin here from Keeping a Strong Style to give my top 10 matches from 2021. So I'll start from 10 and work my way down to number 1. So number 10 for me, I have Ricky Knight Jr. versus Will Ospreay from September 19th, 2021. Rev Pro High Stakes, just an incredible matchup here. Just one of many for Will Ospreay. First time seeing Ricky Knight Jr. in action guy is great uh, great match great story for the uh, undisputed uh, british heavyweight championship number nine will osprey versus Zack saber jr from march 14th 2021 new japan cup and once again another incredible osprey match osprey and saber always have incredible matches with each other in this new japan cup match was no different Number eight, I have Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay from January 4th, 2021 from Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, so starting to see a theme here of all these Ospreay matches. Uh, but, you know, just uh, 
foundational match here in the rivalry between Osprey and Okada and his quest to beat Okada in the dome. Couldn't get the job done on this night, but we're uh, seeing that rivalry continue to play out, and one day Osprey will beat Okada in the dome. Number seven, I have Walter, or should I say Gunther, versus Ilja Dragunov from August 22nd, 21, take over 36. Uh, the rematch from the 2020 uh, empty arena match. This match, once again, like that match was absolutely incredible, super hard hitting, um, easily the best WWE match of the year. Number six, I have Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega from September 22nd, uh, AEW Grand Slam. Uh, two of my favorite wrestlers of all time clashing in uh, on a big stage for Actually, it was a non-title match, but uh, still a big matchup for AEW, big matchup for Brian, and uh, man, this match was just incredible. Um, going to the time limit draw, leaving this match uh, in their back pocket to, to do again, once again, on probably on pay-per-view, but absolutely love this matchup. Then after that, coming at number five, I have Kazuchika Okada versus Shingo Takagi from June 7th, 2021, Dominion. Uh, this is the match where um, it was for the vacant IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Osprey got hurt, had dropped the belt. He was set to defend against Okada. So Shingo being the last guy that challenged for the belt stepped in. And I know I'm kind of on an island here, but I love the Shingo Okada matches, and I love this match, and just the excitement of Shingo winning the title put this match over the top for me. So one of those matches going in thinking, uh, man, there's no way Shingo's going to beat Okada, especially because Shingo had already beaten him earlier in the year in the New Japan Cup. But uh, Shingo pulled a huge upset last of the Dragon, and Shingo became the... IWGP World Heavyweight Champion And that led him to just a Great rest of the year Coming in number 4 I have Hangman Page Versus Brian Danielson From December 15, 2021 Winter is coming um, Hangman just Having a incredible series Of title matches Since winning the title So this would be the, the first uh, Brian match His uh, first defense and just once again, absolutely incredible. Brian Danielson, just a master of having uh, these long, epic um, matchups with people. And I think Hangman Page, you know, he wasn't being carried here. He left up his end of the match as well. And just a great outing here for both guys. And incredible, once again, another TV match from AEW. It's on the list here. It's an incredible matchup. Uh, number three, this match I love, love, love so much. Shingo Takagi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. January 30th, 2021, new beginning in Nagoya. This is for the Never Openweight Championship. Uh, the ace challenging for the Never title. And man, this was your classic um, Never style match mixed with the classic New Japan main event style. Uh, super hard hitting, great story, uh, psychology, everything you want in uh, a big New Japan matchup. And that it was almost like a, it's a battle of two styles here. You had the you know fast-paced, hard-hitting Dragon Gate style from Shingo versus the more classical, catch-as-catch-can, methodical, um, strong style in the Carl Gotch sense, New Japan style from Tanahashi. And both these guys just blended so well together. 
absolutely incredible matchup. Tanahashi capturing the Never title for the first time. Great matchup. Then number two, I have Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi from May 4th, 2021 from Wrestling Don Taku. Again, another chapter in the Ospreay-Shingo rivalry. Um, This was for the World Heavyweight title. Osprey had just beaten Chingo in the New Japan Cup, but Chingo wanted another crack, especially now that Osprey had just defeated Ibushi to become the world champion. Um, so this was better than the New Japan Cup match, and right up there with their 2019 Best of the Super Junior matchup. And these guys just have incredible chemistry. These guys should literally, and people talk about fight forever. These guys need to fight forever. They never fail to have a great matchup here. And uh, Osprey, I got the win here on this night. On uh, it's an incredible matchup. Then my number one match of the year for 2021 is the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers from September 5th, 2021, All Out. And this is easily the best cage match I've seen in my entire life you talk about just from the entrances and lucha bros getting the the live entrance and their gear and just how uh, big of a rivalry this has become over the last few years and just the incredible spots they did uh you know the big phoenix dive off the top and bringing back the uh tacks um in the shoes that the bucks brought back and just so many incredible uh spots and moments and uh this is this is what you want in a, you know, a flood view and a big payoff cage match. And it was absolutely excellent. Well, that is my top ten matches of 2021.